this isn't a slight against any of us because I feel like I could see you guys saying this when I'm not here. But do you feel like the store runs a little smoother when it's just two of us? You're saying without Kron, right? Yeah, no, I totally. If if you infer that, I apologize. I mean, yeah, without what, what Kron, I, I we think, run the store better. He's fucking okay. Shh, you know, that's fair. Uh, yeah, because it's like when he's not here, I know I'm gonna do his work, and when he is here, I'm upset that I have to do his work. I could also see it running smooth when I'm not here. Right? I will say I laugh more when Kron's here. Oh, yeah. He's the he's the best employee in terms of, like, everybody loves him the most. And that's what is so upsetting. He does the least amount of work, gets the most amount of praise. He's, like, the best worst. Yeah. He is the youngest child. You are the middle child, and I am the, the scorned first child with all the burden and shit funny pays for pizza yeah he's not that bad funny (laughs) keeping the fucking store afloat how do you think the date's going by the way where's he at oh he's on a date you know what Kron does do when he's here though he answers the phone it's 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 sitting right in front of you oh that's a store phone yeah it's multiple rings already Five-day rentals. How can we help you? Dan. Five, yeah, five-day rentals. Dan, yeah, it's me. Put me on, on speakerphone. Is this Karan? Put me, you know who the fuck it is. Put me on speakerphone. Yeah. Sorry, we ain't got time for the Lord, <laughs> sir. Call us back. <laughs> Later. Who was that? It was, it was Karan. I hung up on him. <laughs> cool. Now we wait. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Your your police negotiation tactic class is really paying off. Five day rentals. How can we help you? Dan, quit fucking around, dude. Dude, I do not have the, enough quarters to keep doing this shit. Put me on the fucking speakerphone right now. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. What's he saying? All right, buddy, you're on speaker. I'm fucking floundering out here. That bad, it's- huh? I got Dude. Toothy Tina down here at the fucking drive-in, like you idiot said, and I am fucking floundering. You got history, bro. What's the problem? Yeah. I'm trying everything. Nothing's working. That's the problem. Is she and just not talking? Is she not... What? I What's tried, going on? I tried hey. to serenade her. You're supposed to have a boner before you put it through the hole in the popcorn, by the way. Here's what I did. I tried to serenade her. Uh... Toothy Tina, meter made. Finally glad I found you. And that didn't work? No. Does she Man, even I, know what a meter made is? I got nothing. I don't know. She gave me all these quarters. I would think so. Did you feed her? Yeah. A oh, bunch of quarters. She gave you the quarters to make the call. Yes. Oh, so she, she yeah, went so to the she, bathroom and I took him out of the center console. Oh, you're in her car? Yes. Oh, that's fucking embarrassing. Wait, wait. Did she pick you up? Yes. You have no power. You're Dude, fucked. No, You're fucked. You should just leave. I think I'm with Toothy Tina on this one, dude. Yeah. What, just walk out of the booth and keep walking? No. Th- All right. When, the- when does the movie start? 
eight minutes from now. Okay. All right. Well, we can work with this. I think do the arm. Are you in? Are you driving her car? Is she driving the car? She drove. (laughs) She's in the bathroom. I could sit in the driver's seat. That's a power move. You should. Came out and saw you sitting in the driver's seat. That's a power move. Write it down. Don't. don't, We're going to give you a few things. You don't need to write anything down. How am I supposed to remember them all? Are you high? Yes. (laughs) So high right now, dude. All right, when you get in the driver's seat, she comes in, you do the stretch and the arm, and you you know pull her a little close. Is right. there a center console? Right, Are we looking at bucket arm? I'm writing down stretch my arm. Are we looking at bucket seats or like a bench seat? It's a bench seat. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah. Classic. She's got a 63 T-bird. Okay. Oh. I think I might be interested in Toothy Tina. You shut the fuck up. All right. Just do the arm thing. Pull her close. 30 minutes in. Hand down. Ski right, down the mountaintop. Ski no, down wait, wait the mountaintop. No, you need to wait for any sort of sign to indicate that. Okay? Wait you don't 30 just, minutes. Put my hand down my pants. Right, scratch that out. You. That was a waste of ink. Scratch all that out. I think your pants would be worse than skiing down the mountaintop. Take the... This is what I want you to do. Sounds like a stick shift, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hence why she fucking drove. And don't do what Dan said. A few minutes into the movie. We got a crisis here, ma'am. She's on a date. Uh, Just continue to browse. We'll get you. We'll get you. Sorry, Kron. Dan is creating fake customers to make it seem like we're busy. That was a real customer. Yeah. Damn it. It's fun. Kron, I want you to just, I want you to caress the shifter knob a little bit. That's weird. Just, just out, get her attention on the knob. But she's got like a novelty. It's like a dick. <laughs> what? 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 On the shifter knob. That is. Please, I I hate to say it, but please describe the dick that she the has. The coolest dick fucking car I think I've ever came across. There and I had a Cuda. There are bite marks all over the fucking dashboard, dude. Like a dildo. Yeah. Sit, like a okay. Well, then don't scratch all that out, then. Yeah, dude, leave. Just I bet leave. he. I bet I'm he didn't. Running run. out of room on my arm. I keep scratching and scratching. What is the movie, by the way? The movie that we're watching? Yeah. Because I thought it was Schindler's List this week at the drive-in. <laughs> oh, God. This is the worst date ever. It's and I've couple, never been on one. It's a couple Keaton shorts. Okay. Don't do, don't do your funny sound effects bullshit that you do whenever you watch it, by the way. That's what that, she fell in love with in the first place, dude. Then Then do that. Just be the guy that you were before. Well, I already scratched it out. Now I got to write it again. This is a nightmare. Listen, just, the just fact leave. that you're freaking out is a good sign. It means you care and you want to do well. Right? Yes. If you weren't freaking out, it, you would be like, oh, I'll blase. What? Yeah. yeah. What is, so what just, that just, go, just go back to that. Just act like you don't care. 
That's when she okay. loved you the most, when you didn't care. Right, but now you care, sit. and you're all freaking out. I'm going to go sit in the driver's seat. I'm going to smoke a cigarette with the windows up. Yeah. No. Just do your usual shit. All right. All right. I'm too in my head. She's not going to believe that you changed. So anything that you try to do, she's going to know is phony. Just be the fucking shitbag that you've always been, and you'll be fine. Yeah, you're a shitbag, dude. All right, this is all good advice. This is uh, final. Finally, we made a imagine. Imagine that 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 car is just a video store. Give the same amount of effort. Okay. Karan, you got to be the skier, and then the mountaintop comes, bro. One last yeah? request. Yeah. I'm gonna need three twenty-five and quarters when I get back to the store. I gotta replace these. It's gonna look fishy if I like I'm walk out, out there. And- Bye. What an idiot. I'm not helping him. Nah, he's not taking any. Nah, he set me up for that. Drive in, huh? Yeah. Well, if he's watching a movie, why don't we watch a movie? What do you got? Yeah, that kind of reminded me of of one. Because this week on Five Day Rentals, Targets from 1968. Hey everybody, welcome back to 5 Day Rentals. We are the video store podcast. And this week, I have the glory of closing out the category of Pete Kidman. I'm Laundry Dan, and I'll be taking you through Targets from 1968, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. That's not two bucks, just one. But of course, I can't do it alone. I'm going to need some help from my two baby Ruth, Bones, and Cron Howard. How are we, my big rigs? Pretty good. Just, just been looking at my trunk a lot this week, you know? All Dan, right. are, you, are you okay? Why? I mean, you your you your pick your your picks are a little a little heavy. You could have picked nearly any movie for this category, and you that picked is... a sad Criterion. A a movie that has aged poorly than like any seventies <laughs> or eighties fucking raunchy comedy. Uh, are, are are you okay? Are you trying to seek I, I assistance? I appreciate or, your concerns. Like, have you pulled the typewriter out of the closet? I don't own a typewriter, guys. Okay. You know that. It's just, you've been a little ahead. We got Swallow, and now you're following up with Targets. It's I'm fine. Okay. This is pretty lighthearted. It's 68. I mean... 
You called me at two in the morning and left a voicemail that was just the clicking and clacking of a typewriter. <laughs> that wasn't me, dude. It wasn't me. You guys have to... You can't have a Hollow Man 2 every week, okay? You can't. We did all of season one. <laughs> exactly. That's all we had. It's Hollow Man after Hollow Man, dude. Hollow Man puppets. A fucking <laughs> guy saying, that makes a saying, milkshake for a mortar lizard. We can't do the essence of five-day runnels every week, is what you're saying. I like to make you two exercise a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I already gave us I already gave us a great workout not too long ago with based on a book. That was heavy enough. Then you bring mm. fucking bad for your health. And then in a fucking uh, no offense, Cron, a fucking fuck off category. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. That's what he's here you bring for. this. Let's just get into it, because if people aren't aware of what this movie is and they're just listening, there's a reason that I'm I'm concerned. So. You shouldn't be concerned about me. He he brought Tombstone to the fucking podcast. Congratulations, Tombstone. Yeah, it's fun as hell. The rain has started. Will it ever come off? No, we will be wearing the fucking ooze of tombstone. You're still wearing a wool duster. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's wearing a wool duster. I am stripped down naked and have convinced myself that I'm hollow. What are you going to do based on your movie? It's winter time, Dan. I think the wool is appropriate. You get a little bit And of I snow, think I'm invisible, so I don't care how fucking cold my balls look. It's fine. What if everything was invisible except for your junk? Would you still do it? I would. I think I would probably try to sell like molds of my junk for stick shifts. <laughs> it's a yeah. lucrative business, dude. Yeah. Etsy's always looking for new artists. I don't know what they call them on there. I would, yes, I would. I'm an artist. We're, we're podcasters. We're artists. I think they're called it's, vendors. All right. Are I know Karan. Is this art in the big Etsy warehouse? There's a there's little stalls everywhere. So you got big, these people behind them. It's a big stall, Karan. Well, but you gotta get you gotta get everyone in there. How many, why do you know so much about Etsy? You gotta, you gotta get your crafts around Christmas time, dude. Homemade trinkets that you send to people. I have never received anything from you. Well, I send them to friends and family. <laughs> he supports small business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plenty of small businesses selling big old dildos. Five Day Reynolds has yet to become a small business. Because I have yet to see a scent from this. No, as we continue to talk about, this thing is hemorrhaging cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know Cron Howard has seen targets 
And you weren't excited to get back into it, Kron? Uh, I think there's a difference between a good movie and a good five-day rentals movie. <laughs> so you think this is a good movie? I think the movie is good, yes. All right. Bones, first time watch for you? Yes, yes. And? I think if you allow it, this could be a pretty intense movie. I think if you look at it through the lens of 1968, pretty horrific, but it can wash off, like wash off of you pretty easy. And uh, unfortunately, the times that we live in now, this movie is is pretty heavy. So. Yeah, but I mean, wasn't there but, like an inciting incident that led? Bogdanovich to make this. Yeah. So I mean, he was he was horrified by reality enough yeah. to make this movie. Yeah. Famous actors are retiring every day. <laughs> Some not soon enough. I'm looking at you, Keanu. What? Downey Jr. Dude's about to win an Oscar, baby. For what? Oppenheimer? For, we can't talk right. about Oppenheimer. No, Don't. you guys you guys you guys didn't want to do that rule, so I haven't. I I didn't say it. <clears throat> Bones edit out my Oppenheimer remark. Nope. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, I did targets. I've you know I think it's uh I think this is 5DR on it, okay? You know, like I said, every once in a while, I'm going to make YouTube demons do some exercise. And guess what? It's only going downhill from here. You guys ever seen Elephant? Gus Van Zandt's? Never have. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I remember watching that movie when I lived in Missouri, and I just... I remember at the end of it, I had the volume on like two. <laughs> so it was like this fucked up movie. Yeah. I think that's the most. Uh, Let me write this one down. Brutal Elephant. experience ever. I'll quit the show. Elephant, and then uh, we need to talk about Kevin. I've never seen that. And then. Uh, Happiness sucks. I mean, it's sure, a good movie. It's just there. Beautiful category. We'll have guests too. Guys, targets from 1968. It's currently sitting at a 3.9. Could you please rate my letterbox? Uh. My gut, Dan, is that you're at a 4.5. Yeah, I'm between that. Uh, I'm going to say 4.0. Locked. That's locked and loaded. We'll find out, listener, if you make it to the end or just fast forward, whichever you want to do, what my letterbox rating is. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a swipe up and completely closing the app. I always I put know. mine on, I record mine onto a VHS tape, so I do have to fast forward them. They'll listen to the cold open, and then if there's a new category revealed, and that's about it. So. And that was Targets from 1968. Join us for the After Shower Show. All right. Gentlemen, we start. All right. Any, any more thoughts on, on Target before we get started on plot? Just get into it, baby. All rip right. The ba- rip the Band-Aid. This is exercise. Just get it. <laughs> Just do it. We start with Have the some exciting discipline, dude. You got the plates on the bar. Just do it. Just pick it up. You guys deadlifting or? Uh, it's a clean and jerk. Damn, this dude's cleaning and jerking. Mm-hmm. Right. In that order, by the way. Get my chores done first. Leave the mess for somebody else, huh? <laughs> they haven't kicked you out yet. No. But they have put up several signs. <laughs> Video recording in progress is the latest. I don't see shit. <laughs> All right, we start off with the exciting conclusion of a movie called The Terror. Uh, this movie ends. It turns out we're in a screening room with uh, some of the movie stars and some of these big wig executives. Uh, Jack Nicholson in that movie, right? I think you we asked, see him briefly. You asked and you received. Yep. First guy to bring Jack to the show. I what didn't realize it until the, uh, the drive-in sequence. You what? I didn't realize it was Jack until the drive-in sequence when they show the movie then. Uh, the description of the terror is one of Napoleon's soldiers like investigates a fucking castle or some shit. And I love that he's wearing the Napoleon hat. It's like, it's not Napoleon though. <laughs> yeah, but pro- probably like a few of the high-ranking guys got issued a hat. I don't know, man. I think that was only a Napoleon hat. You ever seen Napoleon, Cron? So I was, uh... I think only you and the movie psycho saw Napoleon, Dan. Yeah, get on the movie psycho's uh, podcast. I'm on there talking about Napoleon. It's a good episode. Saw his little wiener on display. Where? In Paris? Yeah. Yeah, me too. You guys went to Paris just yeah, to man. see Napoleon's junk. Okay. I mean, you gotta go. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I've seen Napoleon's junk and the Mona Lisa. I left after the junk. <laughs> I don't need to see some fucking dumb painting, dude. Guys, dicks by the front door. <laughs> There's a lot of dicks there, and boobs. Like real boobs or. Casts well, of boobs, like Hollow Man 2 style. Artwork. We'll say that. That thing's in the Louvre, Bones. Boobs is art, dude. That Hollow Man 2 three-woman bust. There's got to be a boob museum, right? I mean, yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's called, like, the fucking uh, 
Carlina Fitzgerald Breasts Museum or some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> when, so you put bre- when you put breasts, you don't really want to go. Well, it's not for us, Dan. It's for the the people that live with breasts. The Amazing Tits Museum. Like, pfft, ticket is bought. That's highbrow stuff, dude. I mean... The Amazing Tits? I prefer the poor man's hustler. That's my art. What's uh? What's the Amazing Tits pulling out of her cleavage? Bunnies it's, and it's, stuff? <laughs> she likes smashing... T- more tits? Smashing... <laughs> Another smaller breasts. Yeah. Yeah. Has fucking great show ever, dudes. And we get a ten dollar off buff the buffet. All right. Byron Orlock, who is Boris Karloft, does not seem too happy about the screening of the movie. Uh the executives start uh their shop talk here getting on the phone we got marshall this is monty landis uh he's on the phone bragging that he has byron orlock for the next movie he's also talking about getting sophia d and money and shit like that uh marshall does offer byron a new script and state that it's going to be a great movie uh but or our byron informs them that he's not going to be making any more pictures I'm retiring. Uh, the group in the room, they can't believe this. And they don't believe it. Uh, Marshall yeah, he's, clear- only a, he's only a 78 years young. I mean. He's old. Just keep cranking him out. Marshall clears the room to talk to Byron. Uh, we have Jenny and Sammy. Sammy is played by Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, they have a conversation and are clearly in a relationship. He does inform her that she kept him up till 4 a.m. Jenny is Byron's assistant, and Sammy is the new hot director that's working for the company. Uh, They have a conversation about what she will do if Byron really retires and if she's going to actually stay out there in... Hollywood land back in the screening room Marshall's yelling at Byron uh, but we get Byron as he bursts through the door he's not listening to anything that uh, Marshall's saying here Sammy goes in and asks what's up Marshall pretty much informs him he says your next picture just walked out of the door try to get him back Uh, Sammy follows Byron out to the street where he's getting in his car with uh, Jenny his next picture is like the movie we're watching, right? Pretty much the script that Sammy is pushing through this is targets. Yeah. It's like they're making the very film that we're viewing. I would say, yeah. You can assume that. It's like fucking Synecdoche, New York, dude. What? Huh? Yeah, pretty much Sammy is... It's his, this is, Sammy is pitching targets to, is wanting Byron to read it. It's targets. Dang. You guys seen that shit, bruh? Synecdoche, New York. 
Yeah, I think twice and nah. What happened? Not, what not happens? for me. What happens? I, I don't even remember, dude. Yeah, dude. Explain to us what happens. Explain what happens beat for beat. That's my next pick. So we'll please see. don't. Please, that sounds do, right. Let's do elephant instead. <laughs> That'd be the third one. Syndicate, New York, elephant, and we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> Can't wait. You know what? And then we're gonna top that off with the two day rental of the Zone of Interest. Can't wait till we're doing stalker on this thing, a fucking four hour Russian boom. And then we'll do a five star banger of Schindler's list. Yeah. And then we can end the show with JFK. You guys want me to take over? I'll do it. Why I think- are you picking these movies? <laughs> it, it, what it, movies? What any of the bullshit self-sabotage is this? Yeah. Kron and I have have been open. We would do JFK as long as you are running the plot and it's a two-parter. It's not going to be a two-parter. It's going to be a one-parter. Just do it quick. How complicated is it? I think we got to do one episode for every shooter, dude. We don't know that, so we know be, what your theory is. Could be four or five, dude. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sammy I tries to like it was like a bunch of cops in a really big circle, like around the whole parade. Once again, you keep conflating it with Ninja Three, dude. And they all shot in the I, middle at I, the I, same I, time, so it sounded like one gunshot. All one at the same time. That movie is really yeah. dominating your your psyche. That's what I'm, he's asking for it. Will I deliver? That's the question. They had all the triggers had a little string on them, and one guy pulled. We'll see after Manchester by the Sea. Okay. All right. Sammy tries to talk Byron into starring in his new film. Byron's like, "No, dude, not happening." I'm retiring. Uh, Byron informs Sammy that the world belongs to the young and no one wants to see his old ass anymore. And he's fine with that. He doesn't care. Uh, As this conversation is going on, we suddenly see Byron through a sniper scope. Uh, There's no audio here. Uh, We pull back and it is Bobby. And he's saying, I'll take it. He's looking through the scope of a rifle. This is an incredible cut. It's very good. Uh, Bobby is purchasing this long rifle with a scope on it. The guy who's working the store uh, points out, hey, that's Byron Orlock across the street. Oh, Bobby says, I thought I kind of recognized him. Uh, They finish up the sell of this firearm. Same day. Bobby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no... There's no three days to wait so you can cool off so you just, won't shoot I don't your think, wife. I don't think they even needed like an ID or anything. If you had the cash in your wallet, you could. Well, he, he writes a check and the guy's like, yeah, you look. What's he say? Yeah, he writes. You get an honest face or some shit. Yeah. Well, he, I think at first it's he's parents like. parents check. Well, and he's like, you've been in here before, right? And he's like, yeah, lots of times. <laughs> yeah, my dad comes in here all the times. It's also funny that he, when he's buying it, he's like, I always wanted one like this. He's got a fucking trunk full of, 
they look like the exact same gun. You got to make it seem like you never ha- you don't have a ton of them at home. That's the the only thing they've added is you got to wait three days. <laughs> I don't think you do here. And isn't isn't it a loophole if it's a gun show? I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. There's a bunch of. There's a bunch of loopholes. I'm not even going to begin because like Kron said, I think state to state is different. I don't think there's any wait period here in Tennessee. Like you can walk in and walk out just like this scene. I think they run a background check on you now, but you can still get it like same day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they did get rid of the three days. In Tennessee, they like throw out your last name. And if somebody down the street doesn't say, fuck that dude. Then they yeah, know they, like oh you, they shout they shout your name in the store and if no one yeah. objects then you're good to go. His kid hair killed he, my dog. Hair, hey. His kid killed my dog. Don't give that motherfucker no three eighty. I don't even. Know. Well, sir, how long ago was that? Because if it's more than six months, he can technically have it. Would anybody say anything against you, Kron, if your name was called out? At the gun store? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He was masturbating in the parking lot. That, you can't hold that against somebody. That, the parking lot or the drive-in? Well, I guess a drive-in is a parking lot. Yeah. It's just a parking okay. lot with a screen. It's a, it's a fun parking lot because you can watch a movie. Yeah. And that's what we love. All I, sorts of movies on this show. Take it no, that they didn't go well if you're caught jerking off. It is It is pretty much the funnest parking lot a drive-in. I mean, I've had some pretty good times in parking lots, dude. Then I took heroin and I don't remember. Smoking weed out of a Mr. Pibb can. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pibb, dude. Dr. Pepper, bruh. Brewster's Millions attitude. Thank you. By name brand soda. Mr. Pibb is a name brand soda. Yeah, but he's like, he's a, Mr. I mean, he's a mister and the other Mr. guy's a Pibb doctor. Mr. Pibb is, is like the Maserati of sodas. It's like not everywhere. When you see it, you get excited. You know? I seen the mountain lightning the other day and I was trying to remember if I've ever drank that. And I was like, Maybe when we had the apartment, I think maybe I drank that. Yeah. Okay. A day in the life of Dan at the supermarket. Huh. Have you ever tried that? Yeah. You want to save two bucks on a 12 pack? No, I'm not buying it. I think Mountain Dew is like the worst. Mountain Dew is the last choice you're that not, I'm taking. You're not buying it. You just oh, crack the can in the store. Walk yes. around and pour it out because yeah. it's disgusting. Okay. Someone else bought it and put it in the fridge at the apartment, and Dan's just pilfering them. Yeah, pretty much. I know I'm going to take some heat for Mountain. Me not liking Mountain Dew, but no, that's fine. Uh, it, it'd be Discord stuff. I'm sure. Big Dew. If I'm drinking Mountain Dew, I'm not drinking classic Mountain Dew. I'm going Code Red, man. Like Jesus, I think that's. They went. I'd rather they, have a Code Red than a Mountain Dew. Yeah. They went insane after Code Red, right? They 
if you walk into the supermarket now, they have that, 40 flavors that is the, on the that shelf. That is the bummer. A combination of the success of Code Red and uh, gamer culture have amplified Mountain Dew. They used, they used to have one thing, and then Code Red came along, and for like 10 years they had two things, and now they have... Dude, get your communist you manifesto out of here, bro. I'm just saying it's too. It's like, you know, liquid gold idol presented by Mountain Dew or something. I mean, it's like, what the what? fuck even is this, dude? I'm telling you, like, go just. It's like Mountain Dew Mystic Voodoo. Like, none of it makes. It's not flavors anymore. It's just ideas that are I bet somebody, uh, vague. I bet somebody is real upset about that flavor. That's a fucking cool name, dude. Mystic Voodoo? Is that really the name of it? There's something like that. Well, I, so, okay. So, the first thing that pops up after Code Red is Live Wire, which I remember. Yeah, I remember that one. Whiteout Citrus, never had. Yeah. Voltage Raspberry Citrus. Pitch Black. Major Melon. Pitch Black? I'm, I'm going to guess maybe like a grape. Mm-hmm. Major uh, melon. That's major melon. That's all. We got a spark. Isn't don't they do alcohol now too? Mountain Dew. Yeah, Voo, I'm sure. It's called Voodoo. It's two what? separate words. I mean, that's just that's just smart. You, yeah, you work backwards from the name. All right, where the hell am I? All right, Bobby writes a check for this uh, this weapon here and walks out with his ammo and his rifle and a few extra clips. He opens his trunk to reveal a very large collection of handguns, rifles, and knives. Back with Byron, he's having a conversation with Jenny about Sammy being a very good person, and uh, he likes him. What is it about uh, just... just- the medium of film in general where you watch this and you go that trunk of guns is terrifying and i think phantasm a trunk of guns is fun the subtlety i think think is impressive i think that i think that is a testament to what that's throw that on the list of great things about movies just in general right is it Bobby's character, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you start with him, like, with a human in his rifle sights. <laughs> like, you already know that this guy is unhinged from moment one. Yeah. I also think, too, like, phantasm implies something fun is going to happen. <laughs> like, some goofy kind of mystical thing. Guys, Targets nothing... in- implies that... Something terrible it's is about bl- to occur. Yeah, it's blunt. Nothing fun has happened in Phantasm. Have you not been watching? Yeah, they're fighting little Jawas and stuff, dude. I mean, it's a good time. They're called lurkers, dude. People got yellow blood shooting out of their face. It's fun as hell. There's some terrible shit that's happening in Phantasm. Reg I think we need being, to open our eyes here. Reg is being an old horn dog driving around in his Cuda. 
What do you see for? Does it open with sex? (laughs) I don't know. I've never seen it. All right. They're in the back of this limo. They're having a conversation about Byron's recent retirement. Uh, Ginny, not too happy about it. Uh, We got Bobby. He's cruising along the freeway, uh, chomping down on a classic Babe Ruth. Uh, As he spots some... uh, You know Baby Ruth? Babe Ruth or Baby Ruth? The the candy is Baby Ruth. The ball player was Babe Ruth. Did he have a meat stick of Babe Ruth? Honest mistake. I like how you said ball player. I think that was very mature of you. Yeah, man. I'm the I'm ball player. The oldest child of this podcast. <laughs> he's he's chopping down on a babe baby Ruth. Fucking cron. As what? he spots some uh some towers, gasoline storage towers, I guess. Chevron. Big, big oil there. Uh, he gets out the freeway and arrives at his parents' house. He walks through the house uh, undetected. Uh, we can hear the radio and the TVs going and shit like that. Uh, we got many rifles hanging. Just as pick decor. one, you know? You get your TV and your radio on at the same time. Well, we also get the conversation between his mother and his wife. Uh, they all sit down with dinner. They say a little prayer. Pretty soon you're also going to have a cell phone in your hand. And he lets them know that he's Fucking seen... YouTube video playing on the computer in the corner. He can make it today. He does inform them Play, that he did see Byron Arlick on the street. Any, um, any movies maybe was an inspiration here? Took something from Targets. I was going to ask, I does has Tarantino referenced Targets as a influence for Once Upon a Time? That's where that came okay. from. So yeah, yeah it's, I mean it's kind of like structurally the same thing, right? Like it's a guy trying to make a movie, and then the B story is this unhinged psycho or kind of thing you know i was just talking about the sound like the radio and shit through the movie oh i think even in the structure they're kind of similar yeah all right byron and Ginny, they are at a restaurant to have a drink they are joined by ed his name this actor's arthur peterson yeah yeah nice is that your pete connection no, I got a director and a director who's acting named Peter, and I got a guy named Arthur Peterson. All right, you just kind of pointed it out like that was the thing. I'm just pointing it out that I go above and beyond. Yeah, I every think pick. that's what he. You Let got me, two Pete's. Let's go through the credits of Tombstone, and I'm sure there's forty fucking Peters. Yeah, I stopped scrolling I, when I hit I will Peter Shriaco. That there's not forty Peters in Tombstone. Okay, that's I'm not a little talking extreme. about dicks. I'm going to bet there's at least five Peters in the credits. Of, of Tombstone. Tombstone? Yeah. All right, I'll take that bet. Karan, what's your number? Mm, I'd probably take the under. You're taking under five? Yeah. 
You mean in all the credits? Are we counting like the key grip and shit? Yeah, yeah. Under the line. I'm still saying under. Under five. Yeah, I don't think there's five. Maybe. F- I'll say there's five. No. No. I, I I'm under like two. Three. I'm under two. Oh, that's crazy. Not two. We, but- we've already identified one. Yeah, who? What was his name? Peter Shuryako. <laughs> All right. Well, Bones is going to make up this information to seem like he won. Are we counting Pedro? No. <sighs> is that the equivalent? Let's see your total number and then we'll decide. At the restaurant, they do run into Ed. Ed is kind of a guy who works for um, Marshall here with like uh, public appearances and shit like that. Uh, Good performance here by Ed. I think we should need a little bit more of him. Uh, He just wants to go over the details of the personal appearance that Byron is going to do at the drive-in for the movie The Terror that he's supposed to do the next day. Byron tells Ed that he's not doing it and is he's retired. Uh, Ed kind of freaks out. He calls Marshall to tell on Byron. This uh, does Marshall- seem shittier. Like, I get that you're like, I'm not making movies anymore, but it seems like you already signed on to do this drive-in appearance, and now you're backing out the day before. Yeah, finish what you already are signed up for, at least. Yeah. Your two-week notice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you've already got... You know, this and a Baby Ruth commercial lined up. You still got to do that. I mean. I mean, did Baby Ruth fuck up by not casting Bobby? <laughs> no, they didn't. For like a commercial tie-in? There was one guy that was like, hey, there's this movie that my wife drug me to last night called Targets, and it had our candy bar in it. And they were like, what's it about? And he, they explained it, and they're like, yeah, fuck no, we're not going anywhere towards that. <clears throat> this guy's rampage is fueled by our candy bars. Hey, Kevin, you're fired. <laughs> All right, Marshall tries to convince Byron not to retire, but Byron's not having that shit. Uh, Ed hangs up the phone, or Byron hangs up the phone for Ed. Ed uh, says that Marshall will sue you. And tells, he goes through like all his college majors, pretty much love like all that shit. And I have this job. Uh, they're not impressed. Ed says, all right, I'm going to leave and go get drunk now. Uh, we go back to Bobby's place. Him and his daddy are having a little target practice. They plan a hunting trip. I'm getting kind of flabby. Sounds great, sir. Bobby's the yeah, type gotta, of guy that I gotta calls lose his dad, a few, sir. I got to lose a few LBs. I'll go sit in the woods for hours without moving my body at all. <laughs> it's a good fitness plan. Yeah, we'll get away from the girls and I'm feeling a little flabby. I don't think I've ever said anything like the budge trip. I'm glad we're doing the budge trip. I'm feeling a little flabby. Mm-hmm. Going to sit on my ass and watch movies all day and start drinking at 9.30 a.m. <laughs> it's just what I needed to get my life back in line. That's what I do need to get my life back in fucking line. That sounds fucking amazing. Did, did you guys have to grow up calling your dad, sir? 
Fuck no. No. Damn. We had some neighbors that would like, he would tell, they would say yes, sir. And I'm just like, that's, that's weird to me. I said at the head of the table, my dad called me, sir. What do you think about <laughs> that? I ate before everybody and then they were allowed to eat after I was finished. Well, you spit it back into their mouth like a little daddy bird, bird. right? That ham that they have at the, I'm like, God damn, that's like for the whole week. That's, lady. yeah, that's a week's worth of ham. 100%. He's like, Jesus. Well, and they're, they're doing that on like a random Tuesday. They're cooking yeah. like a fucking Christmas meal. They're living fucking high on the fucking ham over there. No wonder dad's flabby. I've eaten, I've eaten seven pounds of ham in three are, days. Hey, for the Tombstone Peter count, are we counting Peter Sharanko as the buckaroo coordinator? Yeah. Okay. Two jobs. Okay. Are you the close bu- or the no? The buckaroo I'm, I'm, coordinator. I am, tr- I am trying my damnedest to scan this and be engaged in the show, but <laughs> you guys are doing well without me, so. Bobby proves that he is a decent shot. Hey, Slim, stand over by that fence post. (laughs) I got to corral you boys. His daddy makes a little bet with him of whoever doesn't have to reload uh, will have to set up the cans. And, of course, Bobby passes the test. So his dad does go down and set up the cans. As he's doing that, Bobby does point his rifle at him. I think kind you guys, of follows him with it. I think you guys tie in the bet. We'll call. We'll leave it at that. We'll move on. So good job, you two. So you lost. Oh, I lost. Yeah, that. Okay. That's implied when I say you guys won, but I didn't. Right. I was well, just going to. Got to rub it. I in. was going to. Yes, rub me in. That's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, you like how I'm rubbing you? Yeah. Karan, you going to join in rubbing me? I need, I need some help. These yeah. Etsy orders are getting out of hand. I'm not joining in on this at all. Well, you got to pay if you're watching. That's fine. All right, There's a quarter. Us, no, 20 bucks, dude. I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the fact Inflation, that he's like, kind of broke is doing it for me. <laughs> oh, wait, you don't got any money? Oh, that's even hotter. God damn. I walked up with a cup full of change. You can have it if you want it. Rattle it. Rattle it at me. How the hell did Kron make money on this transaction? Yeah, this is weird. All right. Uh, Bobby does. This is a very serious moment in the movie, guys. He does point this gun at his dad. He kind of follows him with it. Uh, His dad gets done putting the cans back up, and he sees that uh, Bobby has pointed the gun at him, and he yells... Never point a gun at anybody. Bobby puts it down. He's like, I was just checking the, I don't even remember. Elevation. Elevation, yeah. That seems like day one gun stuff, right? A day one what? That seems like day one gun stuff. Like, I would, I don't know. Yeah, but Bobby's unhinged. Oh, I understand. But if we got on the Zoom call and- Dan was like, how do I hook up this fucking microphone? Like, I would be upset. Now let's 
fucking multiply that by a hundred. Like this kid mm-hmm. shot the gun multiple times, you know? I, I and, do that every week. Yeah. And so starts the constant tease of, oh, is this when Bobby snaps? Because if this movie does anything masterfully, I would say it's this. We do get some. You uh, get multiple like, oh, this, this is, is it, it right? This is it. And. Oof. All right. Back with Byron. Uh, he tells Jenny not to be upset about his retirement. And he informs her that if she wants to quit, that's fine. You don't have to worry about me. And you don't have to come to England. Uh, Byron says to get a job with Smith and be with Sammy and live a happy life, pretty much. Jenny says that she cares about him, but leaves because she's still pretty much angry, even though he is apologizing. Back at Bobby's house, his parents are in, him and his parents and his wife are enjoying a, a late night talk show. Uh, Bobby's wife has to go to work. He follows her into the bedroom as she gets ready. Where does she work? Like third shift is a Uh, a phone operator. Call center. Okay. Call center. How fucking modern and dystopian is that? Yeah. Uh, He tries to convince her to stay home with him. She's like, eh, not tonight. Uh, He tries to explain to her that he's getting funny ideas She's pretty wrapped up in getting ready for work, and she kind of acknowledges it, but she she's not baiting. She's got to go. I think she plays it off. I mean, it's she's kind of like, what, like me not going to work? I mean, I don't think she realizes what kind of monster she's married to, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think he's trying here, but he's not trying hard enough. Even well, He is the one that needs help, though. I think he's trying to say something, but she's, you know, she's like wrapped up in what she's doing. So, yeah, but he, but she does give him a chance though. Later on, I think subconsciously he's trying to make the excuse of, I'm feeling something. I, I feel like I need to talk about it, but I want to, I want to have the excuse that I've tried to bring it up and nobody helped me. Right. Well, I, yeah, I guess with his timing of her getting ready, maybe. Yeah. It's like, you know, your roommate hasn't done dishes in a week and you start getting frustrated and then you're like, well, I'm just going to keep fucking doing them until like, you know, what I mean? it's like not quite passive aggressive, but it's like, I don't know. That's cause like Kron said, she even them. just say like, you want to, you want to talk about it? And when he's like, nah. She immediately like falls asleep, and that's sort of his excuse of like, "Well, I tried." Okay, now I get to do the thing I want to do tomorrow. Yeah, the thing I've been thinking about for constantly. You know, yeah. It sounds like this dude needs to masturbate, but he's living with his parents' house, so that's probably weird. Didn't it like seem no weird lock on that door that their room was their room seemed like the master bedroom? It was at the end of the hallway parents room was off the side that seemed a lot i don't know why they're living with his parents in the first place so he just got out of the service yeah 
Yeah, but they, they both have jobs. I mean, well, I, I kind of took it I that he really Bobby wasn't. Does. Yeah, he maybe. Oh, I guess that's been a good faking. Point. He's been spending all his fake money on guns. He's spending his parents' money. Yeah, on guns. he can't put a fucking down payment down on one of those baby boomer post war fucking cookie cutter homes. He's like, this is what I have to do because in a month my dad's gonna get all of his fucking checking info in the mail. And he's going to know that I'm buying all these fucking firearms. Yep. Yeah, that statement's going to be fucking full of weird-ass names, huh? Ace Guns, Bucks Guns, Georgia shoot 'em ups you know, like... Dub- double A. Cash, cash, cash. How fucking crazy is that that you get just a bank statement every month to say this is what's in your... I guess you could go to the bank, yeah. but... They, hey, dipshit, you waste $120 on streaming services. Hey, dipshit, you went to Taco Bell four times this month. <laughs> hey, dipshit. You, you bought another lot of VHS tapes off eBay. Yeah. <laughs> Those were a gift. I'm always like, I want to add up like all the like physical media shit I bought each each year and see how and I'm like I I don't need to do uh, that I would love to see those numbers and just rub them in your Cron, face should we do that this year yeah I think you should show the numbers and then uh, rub them into bones like you were doing earlier mm-hmm. use that receipt for cleanup no I'm gonna it's a, gotta be a tax write off Cron get on that I think only we, if we had a Patreon or something could it be a tax write off can I write it off for the show? You could have, I mean, if the show's I, not making money, you really don't get any benefit from it. Okay. But that, I feel like that's why a lot of people do create oh. Patreons. Even if they're not making anything, they they have that as the excuse. I mean, you can still like have expenses, but you, they just don't really, it's kind of like they're waiting there until you make profit. You know what I mean? So you're saying we have to make profit with Patreon. I'm saying to have like a real expense or like a write-off kind of thing, you have to have money coming in to like net that against. Would we be able to launder money with a Patreon? Who's putting money into the Patreon? It's us three. It's like It'd be $15 a month. Let's say I know this guy who's got a bunch of cash and he needs to clean it. If we put that yeah. into like... Uh, Visa gift cards or something and then put that cash into the Patreon and then at the end of the year, oh, damn it, we got to refund him. Uh, I'm sure you could work out something that would kind of uh, do, the, do the job you're talking about. We're trying to do illegal shit, not the correct shit. I mean, but but then ultimately we're laundering this guy's money and then we have to pay tax on that money. Yeah, it's, oh, fuck I that. guess it's really not laundering because there would be record of like we couldn't fudge the the record it's, of the subscriptions, right? It's kind of only beneficial to this fake uh, <laughs> drug kingpin <laughs> you've made up. Hey, it's a real guy. He's real cool. I love that a few weeks ago we didn't know how bail bonds worked, and now we're talking about laundering money. I knew how I'm bail not, bonds I'm, worked I'm the whole the time. Business, I'm dude. playing it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am in the laundering money business. Why do you think they call me Laundry Dan? Because you wash clothes. <laughs> Sometimes those clothes have a loose $2 bill in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Laundry would be a pretty cool business. Just hang yeah. out behind the desk. It's hot Looking in there, motherfucker. Collect quarters all day. Hey, it, dude, it's cold as shit right now. I bet you could have a pretty successful like TikTok channel just cleaning out the lint catchers. Mm-hmm. I mean, people watch people love that shit being pressure. Pressure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You ever right, catch bye. those guys like cutting grass for free? Like they go yeah. to like some shitty yard. They're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, your yard looks like shit. Can I cut it for free for you?" Yeah, follow me to find out what it looks like. Yeah. And will I watch the whole fucking thing? Yes. Do I then get a flat shovel and go out and scrape my sidewalk unnecessarily? Yeah. Not me. I watch those videos and I'm like, God damn, that yard looks good. I played a lawnmower. (laughs) I put 25 hours into a lawnmower simulator on PlayStation. (laughs) Did you get 100%? No, I had to stop. You didn't one hundred percent the game. No, no, it never ends, dude. It's like a <gasps> the, Minecraft. The, the, yeah, the customers just keep calling. I kept hot, like I kept Grass expanding. Just I was growing. Crumb. Yeah, I was buying. I, I had a, like a fleet of like seven lawnmowers. Had a bunch of employees. Then you'd get so a thing you, that's like so and so is going to be off on vacation next week, and I was like, "Fuck, this is actual work." So if you fire up the game now, is your business in like disarray? Oh God, I can only imagine. Chapter eleven, bro. Yeah, my Yelp <laughs> fucking review is trashed. It's probably worse than this show. <laughs> We've went up a point. Check it out. Have we? Yep. Nah. Yeah, but Dan is talking about on Yelp. <laughs> no, I'm talking about on Apple. Podcasts. These guys if you do have Apple Podcasts, burger. please uh, rate and review the show. All right. Where the fuck are we? Oh, shit. We did go up. All right. <laughs> Bobby tries to explain that he gets funny ideas, but his wife is wrapped up and getting ready for work and she's not really interested in him. He tells her not to take his car, to take his mom's car. Uh, Bobby sits alone for a little bit. Uh, listening to the TV throughout the house. What's up with the uh, he, dad? Like not being able to go to bed without his fucking wife. Those guys are on a time schedule of dinner, drink, TV. Now it's time to blow a load on my wife and roll over and go to bed. Cheryl, <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl. She's do you like, think, I'm coming. Yeah. Do you think it's that thing where he wants her in bed? So she doesn't wake him up like when she gets in. I think this is 1968, and I think there's a really good chance that she might actually get stuck in the dryer. (laughs) Yeah, those old school dryers. (laughs) And Bobby's home from war. You know, maybe she works nights, his wife, so... I don't know. 
I've never seen anything like that or, you know, I'm just saying. Can't, can't believe you're actually my stepmom. This is crazy. <laughs> is that how you're those go? You're not real mom. I learned a week ago I was adopted. I hear people joke about these types of movies all the time, but I don't know. I've never seen any I'm too busy watching lawns getting cut. Bobby goes out. Because you're really into like pube trimming videos. Oh, yeah. It's hot as hell, bro. Bobby goes out to his car and grabs his pistol. He heads back into his parents' place. Once again, we get a, is this... Is this going to be the snap? Uh, back with Byron, he's watching old movies when somebody comes a uh, rap tap tapping upon his chamber door. It's Sammy, and he wants his script back. Sammy joins Byron, and they watch a film together, and they drink some whiskey. Pretty fun scene here. Uh, they are watching a Hubson Hawk movie. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich was... <sighs> Pretty good friends with Hawk. A Hudson Hawk? Hubson. Not Hudson. Is it Hudson or Hubson? I'm thinking of the... Just like Bruce Willis, I can't remember the name of that movie. You think there's a guy named Hubson? Hudson? I think it's Hudson Hudson Hawk. Or is it Hudson Hawk? Is it the movie? It's Howard Hawks. Is it Howard? It's Howard, Howard Hawks. Hawks. Hudson Jesus Hawk is Christ. the Bruce. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, he's fr- He's really good friends with Howard Hawk. Bones, edit that other stuff out. But Plus, you did I mean, think there was someone named Hubson. Hudson? I thought you were saying H-U-B-S-O-N. You're an S-O-B. Don't call me an S-O-B. Hudson. Is there a guy named Hudson Hawk? That's a Bruce Willis movie. That's the Bruce Willis movie. It's Hud... Is it Hubson or Hudson? It's not H-U-T. It's H-U-B. There's probably a guy named Peter in that movie. We could have gotten to the bottom of it. This is the same conversation that Bruce Willis is having with his wife. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry, Bruce. I love you. I can't even search Hubson Hawk because it's going <laughs> to autocorrect. Google will pop up and be like, did, did you mean did you mean to type? Anyway, Peter Bogdanovich does know Howard Hawks. Uh, he was pretty well connected in the, the Hollywood land area there during this time. He did know Alfred Hitchcock and those famous directors of that era. Didn't like Psycho when he first seen it. But then he said he had somebody explain it to him and he really loved it. Like he watched it, bro. All the good ones got to be explained. Dan, what the hell happens in Synecdoche, New York? So... Uh, Philip Moore, Philip H. Morris, yes, Philip uh, Morris. <laughs> he is a mattress salesman and Adam Sandler is on the spectrum and he falls in love 
and he sells like um, toilet bowl cleaners. Mm-hmm. And punch, he's got his punch drunk glove. He hires an ex like gangster guy to work with him. And he likes this like piano thing that he plays. And then like they go to Hawaii and he beats the shit he, out of the bathroom and he gets kicked it, out of the restaurant. And he's like, he bust, there, was, uh, there was a hollow his man in there. sister's mirror, yeah. And but, then he tries to build New York in a warehouse in New York. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's the But this is all it. taking place because he already built it in New York in this warehouse. He built New York. And that story of him selling toilet boy, toilet bowl, toilet bowl plungers. I am the toilet boy. <laughs> with Adam Sandler is something that just happened in that warehouse where he built New York in New York. Right? Wild, huh? And then Philip H. Morris fucking plays the guitar. He tries to jump on some mattresses and falls off. And you're like, why wasn't that in a movie? How how they do that? That looks so good. It looks like he just it, fucking did it, it. Every time I watch. I think I, it was him. I see that once a week. Well, I mean, it is him on the roof. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely it looks him. It looks seamless, man. Hey, that's why he started heroin. <laughs> ah, I am not on a good roll with jokes tonight. They said it was one glass of champagne. I said, no, it wasn't. This is all fucking life, bro. <laughs> all of Dan's offensive material tonight, Kron, has not had anything to do with the material of this movie. Mm-hmm. See what That's incredible. Here? Yeah. It's a real uh, sleight of hand, you know. I am like yeah, a man like a, on the moon. You're like that t- the big Andy titty Kaufman. magician, you know. Like everybody's looking at her titties and she's doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. All I heard was titties, so I'm shaking my head. Powerful. <laughs> I mean, would you not clap if like a if you were at a magic show and she pulled out more titties, <laughs> I would give her all of the money I had in my account. <laughs> like, and we know Kron has nothing, so that's yeah. that means a lot. You'd shake mm-hmm. that fucking cup of quarters. Yeah, <laughs> it's all for you. You're doing it, baby. I'd whip him as hard as I could at her. Some old guys like I seen the Beatles, and this is better than that. I used to work with a guy. He's like, I've seen Led Zeppelin twice. And I was like, oh, shit. How was that? He's like, I don't really remember. Jesus. Back when tickets to a major rock concert like that were $17, he probably (laughs) didn't miss it as much. I'll get them on the next round. Yeah. I need need a full 10 hours of sleep before I go to a concert now because the tickets were $300. I want to make sure I... Yeah, I just bought two tickets for a show here in Nashville in to April. To Paradise? No, but after the fucking fees and shit, like 200 bucks. What show is it? Ween. I knew it. I seen it, and I said he's going. Do you want me to cut that out? Your stalker might be able to. <laughs> yeah, cut the point that. We know who that guy is. 
He perked up whenever he heard that. People he, might he's have. Pretty, he's pretty close. <laughs> Me and Bones bought concert tickets last night, and they were only $100. Is it just Each? you and I going? So, that's how much yeah. these were. Okay. We're, going, we're doing full bush, baby. <laughs> we're going full bush, dude. The hits tour. So Jerry Cantrell, guys, is going to be there. Bones is going to see that made-up person in person. <laughs> I'll show up for Bush. I don't need to see anything else. Are, are we going to watch Candlebox? Nah. Yeah, if we, okay, if we got you. seats, yeah, we'll do our usual. All right. Sweet. We're there for the Bush, like, baby. I wouldn't. Right. I think. Are you going to drink Bush? I want to see Jerry. Yeah. I want to see Jerry. I'll see yeah. that. We can see the yeah, end of Jerry. All right, guys. Byron. All right, they're getting drunk. Him and Sammy are getting drunk because he showed up to uh, to get his script back. Uh, Sammy keeps complaining that Byron won't be in his new picture. Uh, he kind of gets sucked into an old movie with that features Byron, which is actually a, a Boris movie. I really like the that Sam is into the movies. Like he's telling Byron to shut the fuck up when he's watching the movie. You know, he's like, keep keep it fucking down. Like that is a cool element to his character. It it's just enough to make you seem like, oh, he really does care about making movies and is this isn't just just doesn't seem like a business proposition. You know. Yeah, this is a very, like, old school versus the bubble of the 70s, which I guess in any, if you pay attention to movies or anybody that loves movies, the 70s is like one of the golden eras. The new Hollywood era that's coming in. Yeah, Yeah. some of the greatest cinematic achievements ever, which, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. But they say, like, Targets and stuff is kind of a... I think we did The Swimmer was 1968 as well. It's kind of the a preview of what's to come into the 70s. So yeah, this is kind of a mix of, I feel like Sammy shows his respect for the older Hollywood as well as he knows what's new. You can also do that with like the theater. It's coming at them directly with what's happening there. Yeah, it, it did throw me off at first, the fact that Boris is playing another character, but they are using movies that Boris himself was in. I, I get, you know, this movie was made super cheap and they had Boris Karloff for two days or some shit, but it took a little bit because towards the end of the movie... When they're showing the terror, a movie I haven't seen, and you see Jack Nicholson, I was like, is that fucking Jack Nicholson? And you look through the credits for this, he's not in it. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched that little 13-minute intro with uh, Bogdanovich that I sent you, that's when he goes on about, like, we had to use X amount of time from the terror. We had Boris for two days, and then I had to fill in the cracks. So. Yeah, I guess they... They put that little credit at the top that's like thanks to, I don't know, Paramount or whatever for allowing us to use 
blah, blah, blah. So I guess you yeah. don't have to list them as actors in the movie. Okay. Yeah, because they, they thank Howard, the Howard Hawks movie for that movie. That's weird. That's weird. Remember the fucking name. I think maybe because Corman made him used to terror. Yeah. So yeah, maybe they didn't have to put it on there since it was his, I guess. This might be a bad reference, but to bring it back to Bruce Willis in Ocean's 12, they keep making the meta joke that Julia Roberts' character looks like Julia Roberts. Yeah. A huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of, like it breaks your brain a little bit. You know? Mhm. The only thing more confusing is how the hell is Daredevil going to fold into the MCU, man? How are all these <laughs> Hell's Kitchen Netflix series going to fold in? Ali already was in Luke Cage. Now he's going to be Blade? What the hell? I really Fox has already pulled all this bullshit with the Deadpool. Well, you could just how say am I going to keep all this straight? It's Earth twenty one thirty four. You know, I mean, it's, don't don't <laughs> play around. Shit don't play around with that, man. Jeez, it's That's not even a, the normal, you know, Marvel Marvel Earth. You dug that one up from like <clears throat> episode four, bro. Anything could happen in Earth twenty one thirty four. I mean. <laughs> That's one for the uh, the true fans out there. <laughs> All right, Sammy is feeling down and out. They watch this movie together. Uh, Juggernauts and X Men. Whoa. Sammy asks, what, uh, "What? No, that makes sense. By, That's where Juggernaut belongs." Yeah, what would be the weird? Juggernaut he's, bitch. He's an enemy. He's not an X Men. Oh, you mean it, he's like part of the team? Yeah, he's like part of the. Well, crew. I'm sure in some run he was, you know. Yeah, in the Earth 2134 fucking dipshit, duh. Yeah, it was like him. Just and say it. Just call idiot. me a dipshit. It was him and Magneto. Yeah, and do it. The Blob. Those guys were all X-Men. Sammy asked why Byron's really going to quit. You dipshit. <laughs> Byron pretty much says, I was a Scream King back in the day. Uh, he says he's got... He's got bad, but not the movies. He says he's old, man. I don't want to do this anymore. He sh- he shows Sammy that there are uh, more real horrors in the world. He hands him a newspaper with uh, about a mass shooting. A kid shoots some people at a mall or something or a store. Uh, he says, you're right about that. That's the one thing you are right about. Uh, Sammy does get up, says he had to leave. And Byron's like, hey, you're not leaving, dude. You're just as drunk as I am. Sammy does make a comment of, well, if you don't want to be in the picture, I guess I'll go offer it to Vincent Price. Uh, Sammy's too drunk to leave. He goes into Byron's room and just crashes out on his bed. And Byron's like, well, whatever. We're sleeping together, I guess, tonight. Would the better joke have been Bella Lugosi? Yeah. I bet Karloff yeah. was like, you can't fucking say that shit. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I will Gentlemen, walk. it's time for a pee break.
Welcome back to Five Day Rentals. We're uh, doing targets tonight, 1968. It might be the worst choice I ever made, but hey, I picked the Greasy Strangler, so couldn't be as bad as that, right? That at least was kind of in our thing. Yeah, that movie's a laugh riot. That's the difficult part. <laughs> You're a bullshit artist. It's weird because it's like, this is this is a good movie, but a weird one for the pod. And that one seems kind of like, that could work for the pod, but it's a bad movie. I, I disagree with that comment, Kron, and we'll save that for a rewind next year. Yeah, this is a weird episode. It's a weird day. We got all kinds of magic here. We talked about Mountain Dew, um, the greatest magic show to ever exist. You uh, help help me out because I got that's the only two show notes I have. You somehow did a a breakdown of three combined movies faster uh, than you've ever gotten through one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kept calling something Hubson Hawk. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for the promo art from Dan in two weeks that's Hubson Hawk related. I'll forget all this tomorrow. It's a hubcap with Bruce Willis's (laughs) glasses on it. A hubcap with some wings, some hawk wings. Yeah. Because the cover of that is like him on that rope swinging across, right? Like a cool duster flapping behind him. It's very like you're 12 and you see that cover and you're like, that's, I need to watch that. This has to be the coolest movie ever. Yeah. Just put a hubcap over his face on that poster. Are you going to bring that movie to the podcast? No. Okay. There's a few other Bruce movies I think we need to do first. Uh, what do we Because I always figured that was like, yeah, that would City, be Bones. Of course. The Shining. What? The Shining? Oh, not The Shining. Uh, the Sixth Sense. I mean, uh-oh, I'm smelling burnt toast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for Crying to do Last Boy Scout. That's I true. would. I would pick that movie. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Probably have Peter in it. Bobby lights up a cigarette in the dark as his wife gets home from work that night. She walks in and says, he says, leave the lights off. She asks, why is he up? She starts getting undressed for bed because she's had a long day. She gets into bed. Uh, She does ask if he wants to talk about what he referenced to earlier about he's having strange thoughts. He says no. He puts his cigarette out and we can see his pistol beside the ashtray as well. We cut to a typewriter spelling the words D-I-E. Uh, we see Bobby at the typewriter. T, is- diet. <laughs> Dad said he's getting flabby. We see Bobby at the typewriter. This is the next morning. His Only wife does diet live wires from now on, Mom. <laughs> Honey, you have a great insurance job. Why do I need to buy your Mountain Dew? 
Stop cooking a 30-pound ham every day. <laughs> we cannot. There were four people. No wonder dad's getting flab. I don't think it's the ham as much as it's probably the honey sugar glaze that you fucking <laughs> have to pick off that thing like a... Yeah, you, you crunch through it like a, scab. like a candy apple. Yeah. All right, he types this out. His wife comes in to give him a kiss that morning. Busted a molar eating three pounds of ham yesterday. And before she can give him a kiss, Bobby shoots her. This is the breaking point. Uh, His mom hears all the commotion going on. She runs in and Bobby shoots his own fucking mother. And you know what? He's not done there. There was a nice kid delivering some groceries And he went in and shot him as well. The squibs suck in this movie. It's 68. Well, they're um, terrible. This is a punch of violence right away. Pretty fast here. This is also Sam Fuller. He's the director of The Steel Helmet. Uh, He did help uh, Bogdanovich pretty much rewrite the script that him and his wife wrote and didn't want any credit for. And he also told or gave uh, Peter some of the best advice. He said, save all your money for the end. Don't worry about the beginning. Make it all come together in the end. That's where you spend your money. You do have the goofy sheen still of the early era of violence. And by that, I mean uh, the stance that Bobby has whenever he is shooting is uh, it's not played serious. It's meant to be, but it's such an awkward sort of like from the hip. Yeah. You know, it's something out of like gun smoke, you know, like a quick draw of just, just like, like a, a day, day player who hasn't really ever handled a gun. Um. But I will say, a punch of violence is a great way to put it because you've already had these three sort of teases and then you don't expect it to be in the morning while his wife's in a, you know, gown. Then to shoot your own mom, man. Yeah, dude. I get shooting your wife, but fuck. Yeah, if you shot your wife, your mom would be happy about that. Like some of them would be. Not mine. No, my mom mine. loves my wife more than me. Um, yeah, probably. I can yeah. see that. Hey, what? What the hell? Yeah, I said I. That's my situation too. Sure. Like, yeah, sure. My sure. My mom loves me more than my wife. Cron- I don't this know if it- that was the point. <laughs> I don't think that was Bones's point at all. Cron, does your wife love you? Everybody loves me, dude. That's true. That's that true. That's true. I got it. I don't know what question. it is, but I got it, dude. It must be that hog, dude. Mm-hmm. It's not hurting the situation. <laughs> all right. He shoots his mom. He shoots the kid delivering the grocery our groceries. He locks all the doors, carries his wife, puts her in bed. He kind of cleans up around the house, moves his mom to her. He- he puts Bed. a towel down. <laughs> At least he did, right? 
I was the delivery the boy difference? into the hallway. I, I was expecting him to like pull out the Bissell, you know, and actually steam clean the carpets a little bit. The him putting them into the bed and stuff. I don't. So <clears throat> this is pulled from an event that happened at the University of Austin in 1966. We won't name the coward that did that. Um, so he did the real guy that did that this based off of did do all this whenever he did shoot his wife and his girl or his mom. Yeah. And a delivery boy. And then went to a tower in the university of Austin and picked off people up there as well. That lasted for many hours. Uh, there, what, there is a documentary. It's an animated documentary that was made in 2016 called tower. And that is the real account of some of the people that were there and the family members of some of the victims. And they do a wonderful job of never giving any credit or any shining any light on the dumbass who did this stupid act. So if you do get a chance to see that, it's a, it's a really good fucking documentary. So, and that's all we'll cover on that subject. So it, Bogdanovich did pull a little, not inspiration, but he pulled a little from it. I, I mean, it's no different than, you know, uh, a weekly CBS procedural, you know, or a, a law and order, that, you know, like ripped from today's headlines, you know, you it's. It, I mean, it's it does some of the Yeah, it does some of the work for you in a way. Right. You know, I. We, we we talked about once upon a time in Hollywood. I didn't n- know how it was going to end, right? I mean, we know that the Manson family is involved. And people, I think I saw it like two or three days after it came out. And it was kind of tough because people were like, that ending, man, that ending. So the relief that I got when it ends the way that it does I was very grateful. So people going into this in 68, you know, like it it's not this isn't a happy ending. Yeah, but see that. You know, you're sort of selling it on, you know, like what what's a stupid is it fucking slender man? You know, like it's like we still do that shit now. Yeah. Um I don't know. I think I think the thing that just makes this movie I hate to say watchable because it is a good movie. I like the movie is the innocence and the fact that it, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a pandemic or an epidemic of gun shooting at the time. Right. It felt like a one off, like this is crazy to do it. Now you have to have just the absolute softest of gloves to handle that material. Like Gus Van Zandt's elephant. You can't, do it as like an exploitation like this was at the time. Right. Is that making sense? Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, gotcha. I mean, I don't know if I would call this like an exploitation though, in the sense that it's like trying to capitalize on the real life event. I think it's just kind of like he saw what happened. It, I think it probably honestly like freaked him out so much that he was like, I'm going to try to make a movie about yeah. this. That's fair. Maybe I'm connecting exploitation with the Roger Corman 
element of it, you know? Yeah. In I terms feel of, like exploitation is usually like you're going to heighten the sex or the violence for some sort of entertainment value. I felt like this was trying to at least be more thought provoking than like pure entertainment, you know? Okay. That's just call they, me a dipshit and get it over. Well, that's why they kind of say this is one of the preview movies for all the shit in the seventies when that shit really kicked. Yeah. But but yeah I feel it's like, very I mean, anti-gun. I think. I feel like even some of that stuff, like the wild bunch or something, there's like more a sense of, you know, like fun or enjoyment or like, it's so violent at the end of that, but there is still some kind of like, Oh, this is badass. This is more just like, this is depressing. You were depressed. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. I I think we'll, we'll get there. You don't think it's a bummer? It is a bummer. It this it's a shitty story. But I you got two stories here. And I think the Sammy and Byron stuff is I think this is a really good performance by uh Boris. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think that kind of outweighs it a little. I guess. I don't know. I think you also have an inclination to. You can stay guarded and enjoy this sort of stuff, I think. And Kron more so than I. I think if when, when something's too much of a bummer, I can't. I can't enjoy it that much. I think I can separate it from like, you know. Anything that's real life, I guess in a sense, like any movie is somewhat for entertainment, right? Yeah. And I can't do that. If I watch it on TV, I just assume it's real until the credits come up and I'm like, oh, fucking thank God this wasn't a news. Yeah, we had, it took us three years to finally convince him that Independence Day wasn't fucking real. Fuck. Yeah, we took him to the White House, and we were like, see, it's right there. I know, Still there, but that, I kept shutting it off right after that, because I was like, "This our country's done for, you know? But. And then Bones was like, we gotta, we're storming it. It's January 6th, let's go. <laughs> we're like, don't go there, dude. Yeah, but it was a few, to be fair, it was a few years before that. <laughs> uh, if you get a weird knock at the door tomorrow. Don't answer their questions. I crawled up those stairs so Ashley Babbitt could be shot. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys see that clip of the, it's like whoever was in charge of the Proud Boys on January 6th. It's like his leaked audio from his uh, courtroom thing. Uh-uh. And he's he's crying and he's like, you can't sentence me to 17 years. <laughs> he's fucking crying Good. like a Good. fucking loser, dude. Like a bitch. I know you're not supposed to say it anymore, but that dude's a pussy. Yeah. Right? Like, we got to start rebranding some of these great, phonetically awesome words that we, you know, that's, that guy's a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Should have put 17 more on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would have did. I said, hell, you're <laughs> crying? Seventeen more, motherfucker. Yeah, for dumb behavior, <laughs> idiot. 
insulting me in my fucking court. Where's your AR now? All right, we hear the radio play. Uh, we see a we see the note from Bobby that he was typing earlier before all the violence. To whom it may concern, it is now eleven forty a.m. My wife is still asleep, but when she wakes up, I'm going to kill her. Then I'm going to kill my mother. I know they will get me, but there will be more killing before I die. Uh, we do hear Bobby's car take off in the background there. Uh, back with Byron and Sammy. They're still asleep and a little hungover. There's a knock at the door. It's Jenny. She gives Byron all the tickets he needs for his recent retirement on his trip back to England. Uh, she's still pissed off at him. He informs her that he will be making the public appearance, but is still retiring. Uh, Sammy comes in and gives more shit to Byron for not being his picture. Uh, Byron tells Sammy he's going to help with the PA at the drive-in for The Terror, the movie. Namaste. 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 How are Namaste. you? Uh, I almost Steven. didn't recognize you, uh, Mr. Seagal. I, I think the last time you were here, you had like a head thing, a head wrap kind of thing on. Yeah. They are. It's shrunk in the wash. <laughs> you wash your clothes? Well, I have a woman that does it, and yeah, you should really do your own laundry, man. It's uh, therapeutic. They jokingly said that it was because that my head is now too big, but obviously, most of my clothes are shrinking. Well, you usually—I mean, that's impressive because you usually wear a lot of like loose-fitting kimonos and stuff. Yeah, and they all continue to shrink. Um, Damn, dude, that's a bummer. Yeah. That's because your diet sucks, bro. No. Carrots and honey glaze. Oh, you're honey glazing your carrot? Yes, perfect macro. Wow. It's sugar and a little more sugar, I guess. Mr. Siegel, what? <sighs> Welcome. Why, why are you here? I know it might sound like I'm out of breath, but I'm simply pre-oxygenating my blood for our I conversation. Don't think that's a thing. Okay. <sighs> Smart. Please, but continue. for what purpose? Please continue with your demonstration. What? We're asking you what you're doing here. I'm simply here to execute the performance of. And the necessity of, how do you say in English, uh, gun safety? You know how to say it. Don't gun, don't do that. You know how to say it. You guns, speak fuck. That's your first fucking safety. language. It's your yeah. only language. But I speak. So we don't many. negotiate with terrorists, dude. No, we do not. And you should have called me. No. I'm the guy you always should call. We didn't call you. You're saying that you could have taken out Bobby before. Yes, it, that, that's how you know okay. that this is a movie, because. How did you watch Target of all watch, the movies? How? I would have done this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Still got it, folks. Dude, I don't, I don't want to freak the audience out, but Steven Seagal did just move faster than a gun. And that is why it's important to 
pre-oxygenate and continually have your heart attack itself to keep it to keep it um how you say sure. um in uh, english tough you want a tough heart but a smooth spirit what was it like working with DMX? That's what I'm interested in. How how was Earl Simmons? Smelled incredible. I can wow. imagine. Yeah. Like it's pretty cool. Like an essence that um how do you say like uh not just from a bottle but like uh pure Sure. So and he was very impressed with with what I had gone through growing up on the streets of, of uh, Detroit, you know. Mm -hmm. Didn't you uh, also, like, grow up in Japan, though, and the mafia came after you, the Yakuza? Well, I was I was a rough rider wherever I went. Okay. So Aren't you a Russian now? Yeah. So I'm a rough rider in Russia. I'm a Russian rough rider. But a smooth spirit. <clears throat> Are you all right, Mr. Yeah. Siegel? Yes, I, you continually have to exhale um, demons. And this <laughs> is a this is Scientologist a now. No, demons exist in all of us. <laughs> Ex oh, okay, yeah. I get it. This is um, this is a, a documented fact from many cultures. Um, some you ever seen Demons 2? I lived it. <laughs> Everybody got out. I was, I was in the workout facility. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were throwing potted plants at the windows just like everybody else. <laughs> well, Mr. Siegel, we got a lot of plot to do. Um, yes, I will wholeheartedly agree that if if they called you in in this situation you would have probably took out bobby before before all this would have happened uh, I, I literally have nothing else to do um so are you telling me that i need to exit wounds right now Yeah, yeah, I'm, t I'm telling you, you need to exit wounds right now. Yeah, take take a walk on on deadly grounds and exit wounds your way out of here. Okay, when you start dropping film titles, I get the hint. All right, uh, so uh, thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Rough Rider, smooth spirit. Honey, glaze your carrots. He's been listening. Okay, and I'll leave you with this demonstration. Oh, oh, shit! He's quick. I will say he that. is say incredibly that. fast. It's, it's weird. Stomach's big, but the hands are fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Was Seagull here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How can you like, tell? Stomach big, hands are fast. I mean, oh. that could only describe one man. It's that or E Honda. So, 
All right, Bobby, he's stalking the streets with his radio blasting. He stops in at another gun shop, and inside he asks for 300 rounds and some 12-gauge shotgun shells as well. All this while leading another baby Ruth. Uh, He asks the guy to charge it to his dad. He does sign for the ammo. Really bad scenario for the dad. You're going to get home and see... You know, your wife and daughter-in-law shot dead. And on top of that, now you're on the hook to this gun shop owner for easily $8 at the time. Yeah, but there's ham in the fridge. <laughs> it's true. You think 14 he, pounds of... <laughs> you think he didn't shoot his dad because he yelled at him not to do it? Or he just already had left for work. Yeah, I think he just wasn't at the house at the time that Bobby decided to you know, go nuts. Well, he kind of like, when he does yell at him not to point it, he is like, his head is down like in shame. So, yeah, I don't know if maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking too much into that. Uh, once he is done with this transaction. That's why the, I yell at you guys every time I see you in real life not to shoot me. <laughs> Has it worked? It, it's worked. Every single bud strip. I'm like, please do not do this. We are very armed whenever we, we go on one of those trips. Uh, the store clerk here, he does ask, oh, what are you hunting this time around? Uh, I'm going to shoot some pigs as Bobby walks out. Uh, Byron, Ginny, and Sammy, they are meeting with the local DJ. Uh, he's a far out kind of guy. He says groovy a lot. Total hippie dude. Uh, Byron doesn't seem to know what's going on. He seems kind of annoyed. Uh, they do go over the interview that uh, the DJ is going to have with Byron. Uh, Byron pretty much calls it pretty dull. Sammy tells Byron, to, uh, tell a scary story. Like that's what you're good at. Uh, you should do that during the, the personal appearance. Uh, so Byron does go into a story. Uh, he immediately pulls full attention from everybody in the room as he does this. Uh, some crazy story about death and Baghdad. And yeah. I think it's like a, Famous yeah. little thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's based off of. So I don't. I forget. I think I have it in my. Upon further research. Not now. So you're gonna have to make it to the end now. Um, giving them they, they're gonna be so interested. What it is, they're gonna stay till the end. I mean, it's kind of the it's the story of like. Some guy thinks he's marked for death, so he leaves town. And then death sees him, and death is like, I was surprised I saw you there because I'm supposed to kill you in this town tonight. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. So it's like death. The ga- you know, the Grim Reaper, fucking... Yeah. Big ghouly guy with a sickle. He... You're going to call him that when you see him? Yeah. It's a big ghouly guy with his icicle. Mm-hmm. Big ghouly guy. Yeah, I'm getting killed by Jack Frost in this scenario. 
next year, god damn it, this is right? thing. I, I hate it. Next year when we do spooky season, can we call it just ghoulie season? Are we doing all the ghoulies movies? No. Is that a box set? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what we did last. We did Spawn last Yeah, it was season. awesome. Yeah, How many ghoulies are there? Ever. I've probably seen at least two. One. There's at least two? two. And then I think there's like ghoulies go to college or something. Is ghoulies good? I've never seen it. Is it good? No. Isn't it the one where he's coming up out of the toilet? No, I don't think so. I think that's ghoulies. That sounds familiar. I mean, it's, I know the cover. It, he's like green. Seems very yeah, pup, coming out puppet adjacent, you know? I didn't know that was Ghoulies. I thought Ghoulies was the, like, with the purple face on the cover or some shit. There's, like, a purple glow, I think, yeah. behind him. No, oh, I guess yeah, it is. There are four Ghoulies movies. And Cronin, right? Thinking, Ghoulies 3 I'm is. Of, Ghoulies go to college. Spookies? No, yeah, that's a whole separate spookies. thing. Oh, yeah, I know that, but I think I was That's like a lady on the cover. That has like kind of like a phantasm meets uh something vibe. I was gonna say, yeah, that's like purple. Okay, this guy's obsessed with fucking purple. Purple get this, rain. Get this guy a purple category stat. Uh, for the category of purple, I have selected Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker. Wait till we get to come and see. Jesus, you guys are fucking in for a ride, bro. Bobby points what, his Mustang. What is it about those types of movies that you like? What is it that you that you enjoy? Like I, I love the drama, watch. man. Man. When it when it boils down, I love the drama. Just like raw human emotion and shit. Like I appreciate Everything. I mean, you guys seen my letterbox. I'm all over the place. Yes. But I just, I love that. I love that drama, baby. And that's why you lead the poetry slams. So I guess I should be grateful. I don't get it. You've seen my letterbox. I'm just rooting around in the trash, dude. You could root better. You've seen my letterbox. I f- often forget to even go on there. <laughs> it wasn't your 2024 New Year's resolution to be like, I'm going to be better at letterbox this year. No. Okay. That it was sh- mine for you, but I never told you that. It should be the opposite. It should be put your fucking phone down. Get off your phone. I'm not on my, I just log it after I watch it. I'm not on it while I'm watching it. I know. But my problem is I oftentimes try to make sure that that phone is not in that room with me. When I consciously say like, I'm sitting down to watch this, the phone is elsewhere. So then I, I don't immediately then run to go get the the phone. I well. I reach over and grab the PlayStation controller and boot up Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3. I don't know. Sometimes I'm on the phone when I'm watching a movie because sometimes it's like it's kind of derivative of Googlies too, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you want to see like, what 
you know, who your letterbox follows or, yeah, you know, it which feels of like them always watched agree you know? three at yeah. this point. It's good to be like, hey, what else has this guy directed? Oh, yeah. wait, Greg gave this four and a half stars. <laughs> Maybe I should pay attention. Mm-hmm. And it's 18 well-crafted paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Why am I podcasting? Nobody does it better than the weekly podcast massacre. You know that. All right. Bobby points his fucking Mustang. Probably a 66. Maybe a 67. I can't decide. It's got the it's got the titties hanging out. I think it's a 66. All right, he points him towards this, these gasoline towers that he's it, seen earlier. Whatever it is, it cost him thirty five hundred bucks. Hmm? Yeah, maybe, maybe two thousand five hundred. He probably has more money in the trunk than he has in the car. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right, he starts loading up his ammo and his firearms. He heads into his position. He jumps some walls, goes through some fences, but he manages Again, to make the- it. The giant Chevron sign in on prominent display. I yeah, I guess someone well. signed off on this. I no zero permits on this movie. All the freeway action we're about to get into. It's all gorilla. No permission. Hell, Bobby's got drive. He's got follow through. He's a Chevron man. All the stuff you see on the uh, gas tower here. Also was filmed with no audio. They added it later. Uh, Bobby takes, he manages. That's Peter Bogdanovich doing the foley of the Mm -hmm. trunk opening. No, Pete, give it to us again. Step, step, step. Bobby takes a look out over the freeway as all the cars are passing. Oh, God. No. Fuck. He starts to set up all his weapons and ammo, which I guess doesn't work out for him in the end, but he it's kind of weird. So Why many did you lay it all out? Behind? Yeah. It's a, he, he constantly runs out of ammunition. Like he's always dry. Fi- like he is terrible at keeping count of how many rounds he has. Like I get. I get that he doesn't have a Hudson Hawk display. Like a That's Howard Hawks. Um he also brought his lunch that as is, well. Bad that lunch. is a gamer's joke, buddy. Okay. Same people that are rolling at that E Honda reference are loving that Hudson Hawk display joke. Because it's H U T, Dan. I don't play games, dude. FS, FS, FPS, FPS world, not FSP. It's probably some stock bullshit for shooter person. (laughs) He does bring a bag lunch. He takes his time to open up a nice, refreshing Pepsi. What good old blonde American boy wouldn't want a Pepsi in a bag lunch? I was wondering if there was something with the the shittiness of his food, like his, his sweet tooth. Like there was some connection, you know, that he's like, he's, he's not thinking about nutrition. He's thinking about like that, 
instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Perfect right? argument why that. you shouldn't be honey glazing your carrots. <laughs> <laughs> or eating baby roots. Yes, you're... If your dinner is then inciting fucking sugar cravings the next day, that's not good. It's not. It wasn't very filling. Uh, Bobby takes aim with his rifle. He adjusts his scope. Uh, we're back and forth between Bobby and the scope view. Uh, he shoots a lady in the station wagon first, right after he finishes his Pepsi. He then misses a couple in a convertible, but hits a man in a Mustang. And then hits another person in a blue car. I believe it's a Chevy. I don't know what it is. They pulled Damn. over. I don't uh, think the that these, matters. The way these shots are coming off, you'd almost su- suspect there was a second shooter down on the grassy knoll, you know? Nope, just Bobby. Well, I don't know. Quick, quick anal- analytics there, Cron. Come on. Amateur, okay? <laughs> not, me, no amateur. You, yes. But hey, you're asking questions. We'll get there. You're going to be ready for JFK when it comes. All right? That seems like why you picked this movie. This is JFK light. You guys think I'm up to some scheme to maybe... Mm. I I think you were fighting the urge to yell at Kron, uh, do the research, do your own research. I've yelled that... 400 times. I know. He's not going to. Mm. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll we'll save that for a rewind. Nobody does more research than Dan because we're at the two hour mark on a 90 minute movie. (laughs) I'm trying. It's not my fault. But I love it. Keep it going. Bobby tries to shoot the passenger of this uh, car that's pulled over, but he has to reload. As Bones was saying, he loses track of that very quick. Uh, Another clip loaded. He shoots her as she uh, tries to go check on the driver. Uh, There's a man working these uh, gas towers and notices something's going on on the freeway. And uh, he starts to look and he's like, what the fuck? And he heads up to the uh, gas tower through the st- uh, on the stairs uh, while while Bobby continues to shoot at these cars. Uh, the man does get to the top, and he says, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, Bobby turns around frantically, uh, picks up a shotgun, and blasts this guy off of the, uh, the stairs there. Hey, what is that, 13 guns? As this happening, as this is happening, a motorcycle cop arrives on the scene of the freeway. Uh, Bobby starts to pack up to get the hell out of there, but he's dropping all kinds of firearms, just he leaving them on top of the tower. Like five of them up there. Yeah, and as he escapes, he does drop the uh, pistol that he used to kill his mom and his wife as well. But he does manage to get to his car and get away but a cop does notice him speeding away and does follow him, but he makes enough moves to avoid this police car and pulls into a drive-in theater and buys a ticket. Uh, Byron and Ginny, they take off. That'll be 11 cents, sir. I think he charged him $1.25. watch movies all day here. It was $1.25, I think. 
they Byron and Ginny, they are taking off to go to the appearance that he's supposed to make at the drive-in, the same one that Bobby is at. Uh, he tells Ginny that she doesn't have to come back to England with him, which she's like, yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and put her in uh, top tier 5DR babes as well. She's a, she's a hottie. Yeah, and a uh, very capable actress. Mm-hmm. She's very fun handling a lot of her stuff really well. Bobby is parked at the drive-in. He's loading up his rifle and having, I think it's a peanut butter sandwich. While watching the activity that's, that's nutritious. going on at the drive-in. That's nutritious. You know, that's not so just, so just two pieces of bread with peanut butter in the middle? Yeah, Kron. You could at but, least th- throw some jelly in there to fucking moisten Brewster's it up Brewster's Millions over here. I don't think that's Brewster's Millions. Uh, take it from me, a guy who has eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for two weeks in a row before. I did not feel like I was a millionaire at that point in my life. I'll say this: just you just completed this, or this was no, this was in the past. This was at the original house that you guys came to in Nashville. Uh, I have had more PB and Js this week than there are Peters and Tombstone. (laughs) So you've had two. Are you branching out on your jellies at all? Have you gotten into like you know? Blackberry? Yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah. All right, let me rank these bad boys real quick. Number one, <laughs> grape. Number grape? two, I grape. go I go strawberry. Grape. Easy. Grape is S tier, baby. Okay. Number, t- number two, apple. I've never had apple jelly, it's, man. I mean, that's... It's, a- it's really good, and there's a, there's a reason that these are the top two. Apple... Incredible on a biscuit. Number three. Apple butter. Yeah. Apple. Number three, you get into the berries. Now, this might be a cop out, but like your raspberries, your strawberries, your blackberries, pretty good. You know what I'm leaving out of that? Blueberry. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, not a blueberry. What are you? Dude, peanut butter and blueberry is. That's a nice combo. I, I don't know what it is. Can't do it. No. I hate blueberries. You're fucking up. I I am very suspect of your list. <laughs> I can eat a blueberry muffin, but anything else, get blueberries away from me. Now, I, I never said as, that you guys as, can't also do your your. Please continue. It seems like you were about to. S strawberry a easily blueberry. That's all I'm wow. saying. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, that's 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 my tops. Everything so, else is just useless. I'm not. I'm not digging through all that artisan. G- give me stuff. where apricot, get okay. ketchup comes. Up mm-hmm. on the list. At least, at least me and Bones can agree on something here. Crowd yeah, for that they, alone, I will. I will bump crime? up blueberry. And I'm gonna seek out apple now. Somebody, please do uh, AI presidents. Ranking uh, <laughs> preserves. Fuck you, apples better. All right, Joe, let's move on. No, fuck you. Obviously, grape is S tier. That's bullshit, Barry. That's bullshit. 
You know, I love the blue. All right. He grabs his bag and he decides, you know what? I'm sneaking into the. Uh, come on, man. Under- we all come on. Come on, man. We all back the blue. <laughs> come on, man. You've worked out half of this for him already. Come yeah, on, get- fat. <laughs> yeah, I could ha- I could knock out half this script. Yeah. All right. He decides he's going to sneak into the undercarriage of the driving. Have you guys seen our pre- Where is our president? I haven't seen him in a while. Is he? I I don't. Is he in a that's sleep what I pod? Love. Is they he have in, sleep? Him in a sleep pod, getting ready for the next election? That's what I love. I don't know where my president is. Yeah. I don't need to know. People that's... keep joking, like, "Where's our vice president?" I'm like, "Motherfucker, I'm not seeing our actual president." Mm-hmm. I get the VP keeping low. That's fine. I love it. Fair enough. I've went four years without hearing about what the president tweeted. I'm I'm happy. Trump 2024. Uh, the drive-in will be hosting the terror. It's happening, Cron. My money is it's happening. I think. I think so. I, I mean, I sadly think it'll happen. I want well, to be proven so. wrong, but <sighs> you guys just made this like depressing. All yeah, these fucking we did. these these red staters. They got a thorn in their side for the last four years. Trump's going to get elected. You wouldn't he's think pa- he's going to pardon that piece of shit that <laughs> cried at his sentencing. Well, he might pardon us if we work hard enough. What the fuck did we do? <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. We're a team, guys. We this go is, down as a fucking team. I wasn't okay? at the insurrection. This is First so. Amendment, dude. No, but you'll be at the new one. Insurrection 2, The Revenge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The drive-in is hosting the terror that night, and this is where Byron is to make his appearance. Inside, the projectionist projectionist is working to get the film ready to go. Uh, This man is actually a real projectionist that worked at that theater. This all Whoa, what? (laughs) Dude, start, start on real one again, dude. Shit's blowing my mind right now. What, I just gonna, gonna say this just looked awesome. Yeah. Like the we forget the intricacy and like, you know, projection was an art, you know? Now it's some kid who just puts power HDMI one. <laughs> yeah. He puts the DVD in the tray and walks yeah. away. Make sure it matches the title. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Between hits of his vape pen, you know. He he loads up uh, Paramount Plus on the big screen <laughs> and hits play. I do like see stuff that's streaming that is still playing in theaters, and I'm like, I want to go buy a ticket and be like, hey, you know this is streaming, right? Well, then I'm neat. like, well, some people want to see it on the big screen. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Just like we'll watch that new um, J-Lo movie on the big screen as a two-day rental. Look forward to that, folks. All right, people are starting to show up for the show. Uh, I, there was a lot of people that are excited to see Byron 
It's not some washed up fucking movie star. Uh, we get the movie. It starts playing. We see some scenes that play out with Byron. Uh, behind the large screen of the drive-in, Bobby has uh, positioned himself high up and made a small hole in the screen so he could see out of in order to shoot the viewers. Uh, Byron and Ginny, they notice a lot of police presence in the area as they are on their way to the drive-in. I think uh, Byron does make a comment about the town being nothing but car dealerships. Uh, the drive-in audience are quietly watching the film as Bobby takes aim. Uh, he sees a man go into a phone booth. Uh, he takes a blind shot out of him and hits him. No one really notices. He's probably on the phone with his buddy. He's trying to salvage his date. <laughs> you never know, asking for that he, advice. He must have been really desperate. <laughs> How do I do the popcorn calling, thing again? Calling two dudes that were lucky to find wives. <laughs> Those wives were lucky to find us, dude. Sure. I mean, I know what I'm packing. She's, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be it, it, comes, it comes a lot My of shit. baggage, you know. I'll be packing my shit eventually to move in to oh, an apartment. I, I, I've joked that I don't have a go bag. I absolutely have a go bag. <laughs> you gotta. It's full of PB and J's. Mm-hmm. Well, they you know have to refrigerate them. It's no. the perfect go bag sandwich. It's not a fourteen pound ham. Fuck that. Just buy the uncrustables, dude. Nah, they're, they're expensive. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why the fuck would you do Uncrustables when the when there's Pop-Tarts? Well, but also, I mean, how long does it take to make a PB&J? That's a... It takes less time than it does to certainly toast the... Oh, okay, I figured this shit out, all right? <laughs> I got this... Uh, I've been eating this keto bread, right? And I've been eating it for so long that now I'm I just like... It's not like nasty to me, you know, like that initial loaf. You're like, ah, oh, this is like, this is whatever. But developed a, uh, an enjoyment of it. Anyway, it's, it's a little thinner than your average slice of, of white bread. That's what I did. I put two of those into the same toaster slot. So only one side of that piece of bread toasts mm-hmm. that is the side that you butter peanut butter and jelly so everything kind of melts and you have a crisp but you don't fuck fuck up the top of your mouth with the toasty bites because you got that pure untoasted white on the outside that protects the bite it's incredible Do it. Maybe I'll make a video about it. It's good. good. Try it. I'm happy for you. Thanks, man. Sounds. I'm going to get two pieces of normal bread stuck in one side of the toaster. (laughs) Burn my fucking house down. a fork in there. It absolutely has nothing to do with the fact that one side of my toaster is broken. 
<laughs> now he tells us. Got to call the insurance company. I'll call him after it fucking starts a fire, if you know what I mean. Byron finally arrives at the drive-in, and the fans go wild as he drives in. Ed is there. He wants Byron to have a drink, but Byron's like, I'll just wait in the car until the film's over, and then How do I'll they know it's Byron? People. Because their cars all cost $3,000, and his car cost $4,000, so that must be the famous guy. It's a little longer, yeah. <laughs> Almost also, looks like a Hearst from Phantasm. Also kind of unbelievable that he turns down this drink. I mean, this entire movie, the guy is a fucking lush. I mean, he just fucking... I think that night in the hotel, he drank an entire bottle of scotch. That might be why, Kron. He's past the window of Hair of the Dog, and it's just... It's just painful to think it, about at yeah, this point. It's mentally revolting. <laughs> You're fucking 83, dude. I'm going to be drinking scotch all fucking day long. What's 65 is... Yeah, oh. I'm doing whatever. Oh, not me. I'm jerking and cleaning <laughs> in the gym every day. You're doing it in the wrong order, dude. <laughs> no. I'm a nice guy. Not me. Still Bobby shoots his next victim. He hits a lady in the shoulder. All those ladies are filming in the gym now. I'm not going to be the guy who's jerking and not cleaning. You know, you're going to have a jerk gym. The, the problem is, I jerk and then 60. they they cut that the cleaning part out of their TikTok. <laughs> I get in the rep you deserve. Oh, I'm getting the reps in. <laughs> He hits a lady in the shoulder. I did three jerks this afternoon. Because the fucking roof light comes on. The man gets out of the car and Bobby shoots him because the car light goes on again. This is all Bobby's got. Uh, the car next to them notices something going on. He gets out and Bobby shoots him because the fucking roof light goes on again. More lights go off and Bobby continues to fire at them. There's kind of a crazy part in here where one guy is like, Open your door. Don't open hey, your door and turn your light on. <laughs> he throws like candy at their fucking window. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, he's like trying to, of course they're going to open their door, which is going to make their light come on. And then he's like, make sure your light doesn't come on. Well, he tells them to roll down the window instead. Yeah. After yeah. they kind of like, oh, I don't know. It just seems like you're, you're baiting other people into. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I feel like most people would have initially rolled down their window, but at least he's at least he's trying to warn everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. I do feel like they do a good job of not making the people like it's very believable what's going on in this crowd, right? Like the the panic, the panic is slowly rippling through the the lot. People were just nicer in 68. Now they'll run you over if there's a shooter at the drive-in. Oh, the man that was shot in the phone booth pulls himself out, tries to drag himself to a car to get their attention, but unfortunately passes before he can. Our projectionist, he gets a gets up to change the reel 
and Bobby takes aim at him and shoots him. Uh, the audience is finally on to the fact that there's a sniper and trying to get the attention of others without Bobby's Bobby noticing. Some cars start to take off. Bobby continues to fire at the crowd of cars, taking out uh, their headlights and shit like that. Uh, some of the workers at the drive-in start to notice that something's going on. These damn kids, one of the guys says. Uh, Byron and Ginny, they start to notice that all the cars are driving out. Uh, Byron says they seem to be loving it. Uh, Sammy finally shows up and asks where Mr. Orlick is and heads that way. Uh, the workers at the drive-in try to call the projectionist, but no luck. Uh, Bobby has to reload, but drops his ammo and starts to pack up some of his stuff. Meanwhile, there is a traffic jam outside of the drive-in. It probably would have been two on the nose if he was eating Butterfingers the whole time, right? Baby Ruth? No, but Butterfingers because he's dropping all of his shit. Oh! Thank you, Crown. <laughs> or even more on the nose if he was just eating bullets. <laughs> I wish. Fucking dipshit. He needs to eat a bullet, yeah. Uh, Bobby starts to climb down from the screen, uh, but he seems a little scared of the height. Uh, the workers finally decide to stop the movie because people are saying there's a sniper out there. Yeah, good reason. Uh, the popcorn kid, he goes and sees the projectionist, what he's up to. Uh, meanwhile, Bobby continues down to get his ammo. Uh, the boy does notice that the projectionist has been shot. And he tells the manager this. Oh my God, it's true. Get Orlick out of here. Uh, the manager tries save, to call. Save the president. <laughs> the manager tries to call the cops and notices the phone booth is all bloody. This is where he notices the man is dead as well. Uh, Byron and Jenny, they get out of the car to see what all the commotion's about. Chaos ensues and some of the audience start to, to arm themselves. And some of the cops are showing up as well at this moment. Uh, Bobby tries to receive his am or retrieve his ammo uh, that he dropped before, but he hears somebody approaching. Bobby starts just firing and firing into the crowd, and while doing this, he does hit Ginny in the back. Uh, Bobby runs out of ammo at this point. The There's police the are finally on the scene. Karloff is like, "Oh, Ginny." <laughs> yeah, he does put her in the car. To keep her safe. I mean, the uh, entire audience is thinking that while watching the movie, so. <laughs> Bobby's running low on ammo and has been spotted by some of the, I think it's the audience that grabs the spotlight on the police car, kind of spots light, or spotlights him. Uh, Sammy says, uh, Sammy sees Jenny is shot and Byron starts, he's had enough of this. So he starts to approach the screen where Bobby is hiding. Uh, Byron starts walking towards Bobby. Bobby starts opening fire at Byron. He does get confused because he is walking on screen as he is walking towards Bobby and fires at the screen. That that was kind of a cool little thing. Uh, Bobby gets another weapon from his bag but Byron knocks it out of his hand uh, with his cane and starts slapping Bobby around like the little bitch that he is. Uh, Bobby huddles in the corner 
starts kind of crying as the police arrest him. Uh, Bobby did manage to hit Byron. I kind of nicked him in the side of the forehead there. So he is bleeding. Uh, Byron looks at Bobby as he's being arrested and says, is this what I was afraid of? As Sammy wipes his uh, blood from uh, Byron's floor forehead. Uh, the police do get Bobby into a police car. Hardly ever missed, did I? Says Bobby. And Byron and Sammy, they take off. Uh, we see the drive-in the next morning, and the only thing that's left is Bobby's car. End credits for Targets from 1968. You guys ready for some research? Can we talk about Byron's last line? Yeah. Please do. Do you... Well, it's more of an open-ended question, right? I think it's a, a really good line, but what, what are your guys' interpretation of, is that what I was afraid of? Is it is it kind of a diss on Bobby? Like, this is a cowardice thing that he had put so much terror into these these people that that make these decisions? Was it coming close to death? Like, what... Uh, I think the coming close to death and, uh, like I said, the reference back to the newspaper that he showed Sammy, I think. Yeah. That's kind of what I took. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I thought, I don't know, like, you know, he's been playing these roles in movies that are kind of like classic Hollywood horror, whereas this is like, I mean, sadly, like what the world turns into, but yeah. in a way it's kind of like uh, like a more real fear than what he'd ever seen before or been a part of, you know? Yeah. I guess I took some kind of connection like that, that he was this horror movie icon and now this is real, you know, like real life terror Yeah, it it it's hard to watch this movie now, especially if it's your first time watching it. Um, and to think about what goes on now, and you know, there's often a lot of people in the world that 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 purposely don't pay attention to the news, right? That because they'll say like, "Oh, that depresses me." Right or these these people that are like I'm not gonna let it st- stop me from living my life, and that that was sort of the thing that I was kind of connecting to was we're all like we're aware of it, but we don't do anything to stop it, right? Or I say we, the people that actually have the power to control this and stop it seem to to do nothing right uh, we could sit here I mean I, there's odds are I put something at the beginning of this episode that says uh, you know hey obviously we, we think this is fucking stupid and I I don't know it, it, it seemed to go especially like you know 50 60 years later deeper than just uh, this particular movie for me 
because I still go out into public, right? I don't own a gun. I don't I don't like guns. It's not a, a thing I want to do, but I have to be mindfully obtuse to, you know, a school shooting every day or a mass shooting every day. Because if I were allowed if I allowed myself to be totally fearful of it, would I be able to continue on? Um Sorry to get so heavy right at the end, but I felt like no, I think, the movie I mean, I justified a little bit of it, you know? I think it's a weird thing. I mean, that is like constantly in the back of your head now. I feel like I've gone to movies by myself. And if there's another person that comes into the movie by themselves, I'm like, oh, that guy doesn't shoot the theater. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder how many people are thinking that of me, another person alone at the movie theater. Yeah. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah, unfortunately, it's of the times, even though it's from 68, man. I mean, I'd say it's the movie is more relevant now than probably the time it was made in. Yeah. Which is a sad fact, considering, you know, this was made in 68, and at least on this thing alone... It has gotten worse than better. Yeah. I was also thinking about, you know, I, the appreciation and the the adoration that Byron was getting when he showed up here. Right, he shows up to the to the drive-in, and he is the person with the most power, ostensibly. Right, when he shows up, and he is the person that walks up to the shooter and beats the shit out of him, like. There is something to say about, like we 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 are putting our our faith and our our hope into these particular people that are tasked with these things, and they're hard decisions, right? But they sign up for them, and they choose that life, and it is their responsibility to do that. And throughout the movie, Byron is is living with that responsibility. He's accepting it, and he's almost in a way deciding to kind of run away from it. And Sam is even the one that's like, no, dude, I'm trying to give you something that gives, you know, what's he say? Like, this, you to act and actually do something that is relevant to what you're worried about. And he's, he's decided to, like, not fulfill that. So is... Is that what he was saying? Like, oh, I was afraid of that responsibility and this is all it took from me. It was a graze of the forehead. That or he's like, I think I'm Superman. Yeah. wonder what Seagal would have to say about this. But... I don't. All right. He'd probably pretend like he didn't know English. <laughs> All right, Dan. Thanks, man. Thanks for indulging my 10-minute political mirroring of, of this movie to today. Thank you. I don't think you got too political there. We could go deeper if we wanted to, but we we'll, save, we'll save that for JFK. Yeah. That'd be a seven-hour episode. Upon further research, gentlemen, this was a budget of 120 k all put in by Mr. Uh, Corman there. Uh, box office of 130k 
very limited release on August 15th of 1968. There was a few assassinations that happened, not JFK, but um, one we just recently celebrated, Mr. Martin Luther King and uh, JFK's brother as well. But um, to clarify, the life of to clarify, yeah, yes, we not did not the assassination. Yes, uh, thank you, Kron, for Jesus. You know what I meant. I, I I I know what you meant. Yes, but just to make it clear, we were just trying yeah. to get out ahead of it. Yes, uh, at the cinema that week, nothing because they didn't keep track of that back in 1968. We learned that with the swimmer. Uh, the freeway shots we mentioned were all stolen. There was no per- permits at the time. Uh, you weren't allowed to shoot anything on the freeway, but they did it anyway. I think that was a two-day shot that they did all that in. Uh, the story that Byron Orlick tells in the film of the servant fleeing death is the appointment in Samara. That's what it's, uh, that's what the story is. Uh, after he finished the story in one take, he did get a standing ovation. Oh. Ovation, ovation on set. Elevation. Elevation. Uh, aside from uh, background music and music on the radio, there is no musical soundtrack for the film. Uh, the film was shot in 25 days. Well, Peter Bogdanovich to- did record a 90-minute beatbox section, and then they realized, like, not no, yet. No. Wait, wait, wait till 86. Yeah. Uh, completed in December of 67. Uh, but due to Paramount and what we just covered with gun violence, they took their time to release it, even though they did admit that it was a decent film. Uh, the film sets for Bobby Thompson's house. Decent. And the host Paramount. And Byron's house were all the same set pieces. They were just moving around and they'd paint them. It was also meant to feel claustrophobic in Bobby's house. That was the weird setup for the house. Uh, and then we covered Sam Fuller. So I, that's it. A note on the cinematography. I think a lot of the cinematography in Bobby's house is incredible. A lot of the cat, like the, the way the camera would, would track through the house and sort of just sit back. It was a good balance of bringing attention to the camera, but then setting and establishing, and you would sort of forget that you were in that take. So I I feel like it was probably a, uh, a setup and cost thing. Like, let's try to get two or three minutes of footage in one take, but I think it's quite effective. Yeah. Um, particularly the the scene where he's sitting with his family in the family room, they go into the the bedroom, wife changes, that whole back and forth, and then back into the living room is all in one take. So hate to be film bro-y with the, it was all in one take, but I think it's effective. It's good stuff. That means we watch the movies, guys. But that's all I got. Gentlemen. Rate my box. Well, how about this? Kron, I'm going to give you 3.5. Uh, bones. 
I'll give you a 3.0 on this. I'm going both of you a 3.0. Kick us off, Cron. All right, guys. Targets, 1968. Um, do you think this is sadly a more prescient movie in 2024 than it was in 1968? Like, this is much more relevant to our time than it was to that time. Uh, this is, you know, a sad thing that happened then that has continued to proliferate in our society. Um, so I do think that aspect of the movie is extremely interesting. Um, something that, uh, for better or for worse, like, stands the test of time the way this movie does. Um... And also just the whole, we didn't touch on it a ton, but the meta aspect of this movie, you know, trying to make a movie inside of another movie, I do think in a way, just because of the subject matter, that does fall on the back burner when you're watching Targets. Um, but as we talked about, like, 68 was a year of change for film, and I'm not sure if something like that had really been done before, you know, so... Um, not only are you seeing shocking material on film, but you're also seeing a new way of filmmaking. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, a positive takeaway you can have from watching Targets. Um, you know, the subject matter is somewhat depressing, but this does kind of usher in like new ways of thinking. I think, you know, the same year you get The Swimmer, which I would also say is very creative in the way that it tells a story in a, you know, somewhat non-linear or, like, obscured from the audience kind of storytelling. Um, I think ultimately on Targets, uh, I had watched this before. I'm going to give this a slight bump up to 3.5, but ultimately I'm. I, it is kind of still, like, just a bummer to me. Um, some of Bobby's acting does feel a little stuck in like earlier 60s than like a later 70s movie. You could have made this a little more hard-edged in a way that would, uh, you know, I don't know, just kind of push the envelope a little more like something like Taxi Driver would do later. Um, but I do think this is a good movie. If you've never seen it, I, I guess I would say watch it if you're you know, comfortable enough with the subject material. So 3.5 from me. Thank you, Kron. You got some big words out flawlessly in that review, man. Uh, props to you. I, I want to address Bobby's acting. I completely agree with you. Seems kind of stiff at times and then almost like he's in a daze and it's like he forgets he's in a movie uh, but it somehow effective to me because I it just made me dislike him even more I think this movie is incredibly effective for its subject matter and incredibly effective considering that you have your main star for two days 20% of it is built of previous movies you are shooting without permits, and it is not only a really cohesive story. It doesn't it doesn't move because it feels rushed. It moves because 
it actually has energy and the the ruses are incredibly effective i was so tense every just that entire mid sequence with bobby at his house thinking all right this is the turn this is the turn this is the turn that by the time he actually gets up on that tower I I was cranked to 10. Like, it's uncomfortable. But it is handled in a way that makes it incredibly watchable. I don't think I will ever watch this again, but I do strongly suggest that people do watch it. I think it's an incredible direction from... Uh, our Peter. I'm coming down at a 4.0. Oh, yeah. Gentlemen. Target's 1968. I, too, am impressed with the direction. This is his first film. And for what Corman gave him... The limitations he put on him was I got I got Boris for two days, which is fucking hilarious to me that the dude is practically pretty much doesn't last too much longer after this. And he's like, he still owes me two fucking days. So he's we're going to use him. So that's great to me. And you got to use a fucking movie that failed that I made called The Terror. And you got to have that in it as well. And for him to come up with this, I think that just says that's a determined filmmaker who has a future, I guess. But uh, touche to him. I think that's wonderful that he came up with that. Um, I really like uh, Karloff's performance. I think it's, I don't know, I kind of think it pulls away from the craziness that you're seeing and is kind of a humble point in the movie. And of course, when it meets up at the end, I think it works too. Bobby's performance, I, th- I think is good, man. I, I He's the all-American veteran, blonde hair, driving the muscle car, listening to the rock and roll music, just calls his dad, sir. I think that's what makes it so, there's just no reason whatsoever for it. I mean, he gives the note, but that just says what he's going to do. So I think maybe that's what makes that performance good to me. Uh, What else do we got? This is uh, 1968, which, like I said, they do um, say that that is kind of a preview of what's happening in the 70s. But I think it's already here in 68. You got 2001 coming out that year. Rosemary's Baby. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, I think, is 68. Bullet. Uh, you just got a whole bunch of experimental filmmaking that's going on at that time. Like Ron, or Ron, Cron is did The Swimmer. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Just, I think, stuff that, yeah, is pushing into the 70s. On, on what it was going to be. And I think that's a good thing that happened to cinema. But uh, 
overall, I think this is a, it's a good movie, man. I think, uh, I think it's got some rewatchability. Unfortunately, yes, it is more of the times today than it was in 68. And unfortunately it keeps happening, happening. Uh, and nobody seems like they want to do anything, but they should. Uh, I'm a 4.0 on this. Watched it a few times and I think it goes by quick. And I think it's entertaining enough to kind of pull you away from the craziness that's happening in it. The bad shit. Cron, now is the part where you start talking and you tell yeah, us. Yeah, I was trying to find. <laughs> I had to refresh the pivot table. Uh, all right, guys. Targets would have an average score from the three of us of 3.83. This would end up, let's see, at number 24 on the big list. Uh, some other heavy hitters surrounding this movie. Some more of our highfalutin picks. This would currently be right below The Swimmer and right above Rumblefish. Wow. Kron, enjoy your full point there. And I only got a half. Uh... Guys, Bones, even with his half point, would still currently be in the lead with a 9.0. I would be behind him with a 7.5, and Dan, 7.0. Rigged. Eh. We'll do a rewind in 2026. Mm-hmm. Sure. Dan, I think that's enough of our bullshit all right uh next week the box set continues with phantasm Four: oblivion so join us for that if you are on uh spotify or apple please rate review the show subscribe uh we are trying to double the apple uh ratings so please Tell your friends, your family, your loved ones, and your sisters, your brothers. When it's you're twice as much jelly when you think about it. Yeah. Well. Mix it well, up. Be Mix it with some water. You can stretch it. Uh, you can follow us on uh, the socials, Instagram, threads, and Letterboxd. That's where you'll find us. But if you really want to fuck with us, there is a link to the Discord on every episode that drops every Wednesday. Uh, so join that and join us. And we'll uh, we'll welcome you in, and we're happy to have you. But other than that, um, crash and burn. Oh, Jenny. Thank you, what? Welcome back. It's the After Showers. Yes, next week is Phantasm Four. Like Dan said, the box set continues. But I had already gave these dudes a sneak peek at the next movie coming. But 
figure I may as well give these dudes a category so they can start planning this shit out. Guys, this is a simple one. You already know the movie. But the category is going to be two-hander. Easy. Buddy cops. Rom-coms. Give me two famous actors above the title. You know what a two-hander is. We all got one. Think lethal weapons, right? Easy. And for our selection, we're finally... I say finally. He was just on the show. Can I ask real quick? Is the criteria that two names are above the title... If you can just argue that this movie would be a two-hander in terms of, of two powerhouse actors playing off each other or with each other. What if it's like not powerhouses, but there are two of them? <laughs> like, what if it still has the buddy dynamic, but neither one of them are, you know, like a draw of a name? Fair enough. I'll allow Would that still... Okay. I'll allow okay. I'll allow it. Yeah. Because, yes, for every lethal weapon, there's going to be some direct-to-DVD hot shots. I, well, and I was kind of thinking of, like, Dead Heat. Like, neither one of those guys is, like, a top bill. Yeah. But that is, like, a buddy cop kind of setup. It's a perfect, perfect setup. Okay. So Fuck you, Cron. Tree Williams is a top bill. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but, I mean, he's not, you know, Mel Gibson, like, just in... Yes, with the with the lethal weapon comparison. Yes. Mm-hmm. A perfect Did example, Cron, I know you're itching, would be the last Boy Scout. Right? Bruce Willis, we'll top see. of his game. Damon Wayans, he's just some comedian. Holds his fucking sure. own, right? So and if okay, and now you're gonna go, uh, Cron picks this movie and Dan goes, Well, actually, there's three famous actors in this. It don't don't worry about that. If you're more than a two-hander, hey, lucky you. Even better. All right. We're going. What's the movie? I'm getting. God damn it, I'm getting there. I'm all out of breath from the Steven Seagal moves I was doing. <laughs> Wait, that was you? That was quick, dude. No, I... That wasn't me. I just while he was here, I did a mirroring him. Yeah, I did a quick. I was like a little splinter in the cage, you know, when his master was training. Really explains all those flights to Russia. You've been charging to the <laughs> company card. Yeah, that's, that's I'm not weird. actually flying. I'm just trying to launder cash. Oh, that's how okay. it works, right? All right, dudes, we're going to 1988. This has been on my list for some time. As described a few weeks ago in my big DVD uh, bargain extravaganza, I was able to secure this bad boy. 1988, Shakedown, Peter Weller, and Sam Elliott. He's back so soon. Thank Man. you, Bones. Thank you, Cron. Finally getting Robo on the show. Mm-hmm. Get your Oreos ready. (laughs) Wax your mustache. 
If anybody's interested, I was just looking at the back of this thing. Apparently, this movie might also be known as Blue Jean Cop. So, whatever websites you might be using oh, to track this sense. thing down. Ah, now I recognize the movie. Mm-hmm. Leonard Malton called this an entertaining actioner with oodles of sensational stunt work. Oh. Guys, do we have another Stone Cold here? I don't know. Stone Cold? I wouldn't call it two-hander. No. Nah. That's all the boss, baby. That's all the boss. You know the boss uh, got a two-hander, though. Bones, do you know if this thing's available anywhere? I have no idea. I did not look. Give me, okay. two, give me two seconds to... I got the DVD. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, get the MKV and... The hand yeah, rip, rip it, Bones. Yeah, let me put it on my Plex. Thank you. Thank you, Bones. Thank you, Bones. This bad boy is available to rent at your usual services, your Amazon, your Apple, and Google. And your family video. <laughs> the four of you that still have those locally. Well, we did it. We uh, produced three hours of content. Based on the 90-minute effort of actual professionals. Yeah. get And also, just get well soon, Dan. You know, That's what we do. Hope you chip her up a little. Guys, I'm coming back with a vengeance. Uh, oh, dude, please pick Die Hard with a vengeance. That totally counts. I'm picking targets because of uh, the main guy and his gun. They work together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait for Dan's obscure fucking... 1954 German pick revolved around uh, one guy trying to track down a, a child kidnapper. So this next the other movie guy was dealing banned with... in Estonia for yeah. 30 years. Days of heaven, here we come. All right. Well, for Cron Howard, for Laundry Dan, I have been Bones. This is Five Day Rentals. Come back next week for phantasm four and then the week after let's bump my numbers baby for shakedown crash and burn crash and burn crash and burn